Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always, maybe not anymore after our pre-show conversation and the hat you are wearing, joined today by Steven Jensen. Jensen, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, Now, I'm wearing this because it is St. Patrick's Day, so I wanted to make sure to wear green so that people didn't give me crap for not wearing green. Um, It is a Minnesota Wildcap. I am not a Wild fan really anymore. I'm a Predators fan, but I also don't really follow the NHL that much just to begin with. But this is where I'm wearing it 100% because it is green. You just grab the greenest thing I guess you could find and you don't realize that it's going to piss me off as, as your as your co-host because the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche are storied rivals. And so like that makes it more upsetting is that it's just like you grabbed it for the green aspect and you don't even have an affiliation with the team. At least if you had an affiliation with the team and liked them, then I could at least respect, all right, you're a Wild fan, sure. Like it, it's not it, it's not good but at least I can respect that you're a fan of that team. You just did it to wear green. That's that's awful. Yeah, 100% to wear green. Um, I, Now, granted, I have had this hat probably since I was in like high school or college. I mean, I've had this hat forever. I just I used to wear hats always, Um, but I kind of, especially once my hair got longer, I just kind of stopped. But um, So I was a fan of the Wild before I moved to Nashville. And then when I moved to Nashville, it was like all about the Preds because they like, you know, I'm always going to be a Vikings fan, so I couldn't really cheer for the Titans. Um, there's no basketball team in Nashville. Um, the minor league baseball team, but there's no you know major league team there. So like, um, really, all I had there was the was the Predators. So I got like really into them when I lived there, and uh, they don't have great history with the Wild either. From like the few times that like I yeah. had seen them kind of going head to head and stuff, and and when Wild would be in town and whatnot. So, but I'm uh like I said, I'm literally wearing this. I haven't worn this hat in years, and I went into my uh, went into my bedroom closet today, like right after because we just did this interview with Carl Fredericks, which y'all will hear um sometime in the next couple of days. But we finished that interview. I walked into my bedroom to go put an NWO shirt on because rest in peace Scott Hall, and um. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I wonder if I have anything green in here I can put on my head. And yeah, that's why this is happening today. So. See, I'm not wearing green. I don't care. I have green boxers on for anybody that cares, for anybody that wants to try to jump through the screen to try to pinch me. My boxers are green. Uh, I'm not going to show those on screen, but that, that, is, that is my green. I'm not trying to prove that I'm wearing green. Digital B says, do people still go around pinching people for not wearing green? Look, man, there's four kids here. They'll pinch the shit out of you if you don't have green on. All right. They don't care. So I assume people still do it. Maybe not adults like us, but uh, certainly kids. Kids will just go around. They don't care. They don't, even if you're not wearing 
Even if it's not St. Patrick's Day, they'll just pinch you just to pinch you, you know? That's fair. Kids are little jerks, man. Uh, you can you can send a super chat like our guy uh, throwback here who says, happy St. Patrick's Day. Real men wear kilts and Roddy Piper was one. Do you see Ziggler holding the title after standing the liver? Will Hayes be his next opponent after the call-ups? Good luck in the tournament. Uh, I don't think Ziggler will hold the title after standing the liver. What do you think, Jensen? Yeah, I'd, I expect Braun Breaker to win the title back from him at standing the liver personally. So. Um, and then the tournament, yeah, we got to get more. I know that we're doing like uh, the wicked crazy pinfalls, but uh, are we against each other or as a team in that, Jeremy? I'm not I have sure. no idea. I, I haven't, I, I have no idea. Somebody asked me to straighten myself up a bit before I go. I just took a shower. This is just he my head. He did. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we finished, we finished the Fredericks interview literally like a little over maybe a half hour ago, maybe 45 minutes. And that was the last thing you said. He was like, got a shower before this show. So, yeah. This is, Look, man, this is I, I took a shower. I've had two Reese cups. Here's another one, and and half a string cheese for lunch. So, um, I I'm I'm never I've never straightened myself up. All right, I just come on here a mess. I figure if people don't watch this show, they just listen to it. I bless you if you're watching it right now. I, I got a face for radio, man. Uh, it's not a spotlight for us this week, Stephen Jensen, but we did lose Scott Hall. Uh, on Monday, he was he was taking off life support. He had multiple heart attacks after hip surgery, had complications where there was a, a blood clot. And yeah, WWE kind of made the announcement of the, the start of Raw that Scott Hall had had passed away. Um, so it, it's not a spotlight, but just memories of Scott Hall because we, we certainly need to talk about it. I know he was pretty influential in my wrestling fandom, and I feel like he was for you as well. <clears throat> yeah, major, major uh, influence. Um, coincidentally enough, I was wearing Razor Ramon shirts like all last week when I was doing podcasts, like just coincidence, you know, and and because I'm, I'm always repping Scott Hall. Like I, he had his, he had his demons. <clears throat> we all know that. Um, and I, I could sit here and talk for hours about, about Scott Hall and how important he was to me as a wrestling fan. But um, I'll highlight this, you know, I, I grew up a WCW fan. I got into wrestling. Uh, I was born in 1988. I got into wrestling around like 1993, 1994 as like a really young kid and like just immediately fell in love with it. <clears throat> so I was a fan for a couple of years before the NWO happened, but as a strictly a WCW fan, I didn't watch the WWF until like the later nineties. And um, so the first time I saw Scott Hall, like I did not know about Razor Ramon beforehand. Um, and just like his presence and how big of a deal it felt like everyone was like making a really big deal that Scott, Scott Hall was in the company. And then that brought over Kevin Nash. And then that led to the NWO. And in my opinion, the NWO is the, is the best thing that's ever happened in wrestling. As far as like, you know, for me as a fan, as a kid, for the, the influence it had on the wrestling business as a whole. And in when wrestling got you know the most popular mainstream it's ever been was, was right around that time. And a lot of it, I think had to do with the NWO, like, there's no DX without the NWO, for instance. Like, there's a lot yeah. of things that, you know, and Scott Hall is literally NWO, NWO member number one. Like, he is the first member of the NWO. He's the first one we saw on the screen. He's the first one who warned us about the invasion and all that stuff. And uh, <clears throat> it's just one of those things where, you know, he, it's unfortunate that he had so many outside the ring issues because he is a guy that, like, based on his skill and how over he was, he would have 1 billion percent been the world champion and either the WWF. I know, I know he left the WWF to go to WCW kind of right before he hit his prime. But <clears throat> even when he went back to the WWE, it was a really short run with the plane ride from hell and all the issues he was still dealing with and stuff. And I really feel like he would have been the world champion in WWF, WCW, 
even ECW, if he would have stayed there longer, even TNA, if he would have stayed there longer, like, um, it's just his, they, they could just never really go all the way with him because of the, the, the stuff he dealt with outside of wrestling. And it's unfortunate, but I have very fond memories of Scott Hall. Um, he is, in my opinion, he's the coolest professional wrestler of all time. Um, and, uh, I have a ton of his action figures and stuff. And I, I just, I'm, it was, it's really sad, but at the same time, we could have been having this conversation easily like 10 years ago. And like, he, you know, the fact that he got like 10 more years, you know, with like the help of DDP and stuff, it is really cool that like he, he got more out of his life because it was looking really, really, really bleak years back. So, um, without going on and on and on about it, cause like I said, I could talk for hours about Scott Hall. I just, you know, rest in peace to Scott Hall. I, I, coolest wrestler of all time. And a guy that when I think about getting into wrestling as a kid, I mean, he's one of the first names that pops up in my head always. And uh, the outsider's edge, one of the coolest moves of all time, just the way he carried himself. Everything was just cool about that guy. So the, the two toothpicks, every time I go to a restaurant, my entire life, even yes. to this day, you always got to get two toothpicks, <laughs> one in the mouth, one over here, you know, and just, so yeah, rest in peace, Scott Hall. I'm, I'm, I'm forever a fan of his. So I, I was going to say the same thing. Anytime you go to a restaurant, I would always get the extra toothpick to put behind the ear. My mom would be like, what are you doing? I was like, this is what, this is what Razor Ramon does. This is what Scott Hall does. I'd throw it at her, throw it at her chest. And she was not happy about it. She's like, well, don't do that. I don't care if he does that. Um, the man just oozed charisma and a little oozing machismo, but it, he stepped on the screen and he just had a presence about him. And, the obviously the the first night the monday night war or not the monday night wars or during the monday night wars but the first night he showed up on nitro and, and fired that shot and the you know who i am you don't know why i'm here like that whole promo kicking off the nwo you mentioned there's no dx without the nwo there's no bullet club without the nwo like the, the bullet club was more or less uh, and i know bischoff kind of kind of ripped uh the nwo idea off of, of a new japan idea but like bullet club was influenced by by nwo totally. basically a tribute group to the NWO. yeah i mean yeah yeah like scott hall's influence you saw it with the the messages that were on social media throughout the day uh, on monday and tuesday like his, his influence was just all across wrestling um there, there was a lot of great matches he had my personal favorite was the 1995 ladder match at SummerSlam against Shawn Michaels, the sequel. I know everyone looks back on the WrestleMania 10 ladder match and the, they say that's the better one. And like on the whole, it probably is. I know the finish gets kind of jumbled up in the 95 match. But when you realize that those guys couldn't use like the ladder as the weapon and everything and how last minute that that match came together, because I think it was supposed to be like Sid against uh, Razor at that pay-per-view, but they didn't feel that Diesel and Mabel was like strong enough. So they decided to do Razor and, and Michaels in the ladder match. When you look at like the extracurriculars of that match, it's it's just a tremendous match. And again, one of my favorite matches, I would I watch that match so often. As a kid, I would just I would try to recreate that match in, in my living room, doing ladder matches, uh, climbing couches and stuff. But Scott Hall, just his influence across the board, Razor's Edge, and you mentioned it, one of the coolest finishers still used by by people today. Uh, it's a it's a very good move if you're ever fighting kids. Cool move to to do to kids if you want to do that. Like into the pool, onto trampolines and stuff. Like it's a great move to do. Very unfortunate that that we lost Scott Hall, and I'm glad he did turn things around enough over over the last decade to where he was remembered more fondly uh, with with everything, um, and was able to be around the business more and get give back a little bit more and help people. Whether it was at the performance center or just showing up to to various shows, uh, it was good that he he got that those those um, 
last years to, to be around the business a little bit more, but very unfortunate, very tragic. And a guy that shows that you didn't need it spent during that time. Like you didn't need the world title to like be a star or anything like that. Cause like Scott Hall was identifiable with the intercontinental title. Like when you think of the intercontinental title, he's up there at, at the, at the top of the list. I feel like like Brett, savage and like hall is, is right there and brett and savage obviously won world titles like hall is right there when you think of like the intercontinental title the the iconic shot obviously of him on the ladder with the two belts and everything like that that title and him go hand in hand yeah absolutely and uh you know i you were mentioning you know his ladder matches with sean and stuff being so memorable and uh i i i uh when i think of scott hall it's funny because i think of like especially when I think of like WCW era Scott Hall, the things that always pop in my head are of course the bash of the beach match where Hogan came out and, you know, they formed the NWO and he's the third man and all that stuff. And that that was such a massive, massive moment in just the history of wrestling. But even little things that I remember really vividly, like I remember there was a, a triple threat tag team match and it was the type of match where, um, you know, you have the three teams, but there's only two legal men at, one time mm-hmm. but you can tag out to anybody from any team and i want to say the other two teams were the steiners and harlem heat i can't remember but those would have been the three top teams at the time would have been the steiners harlem heat and the outsiders by the way the outsiders like one of my favorite tag teams ever hall and nash were just so perfect together and i just i just vividly remember it was the first time i'd ever seen somebody do something like this where hall and nash tagged themselves into the match so they'd be the two legal men and then one lay down for the other one so that they could try to win that way and i was like this is so genius and this is such a bad guy thing to do you know like so just little things like that like scott hall's mind for wrestling that's something you hear often is like when he was like sober and like had his wits about him his mind for wrestling was like one of the top out there and like so yeah, I, I remember. I mean, he's a guy I'll never forget ever. I mean, that's I, it goes without saying, obviously. But yeah, I just man, it, it was it was it was tough. But but at the same time, as you just kind of touched on, it was really nice to see all the positive kind of outpour for him the last week or so, the last few days, because you know, granted, yes, he had, he had his issues and stuff, but I think what he contributed to the business and stuff, it far outweighs the personal demon side of him. Like, I think he's going to mainly be remembered as a guy who was a great thing for the wrestling business. He's a great thing for the boys in the back. I mean, he's a big reason why people are getting guaranteed money in wrestling. I mean, um, he did a lot for the wrestling business and, um, and had great matches. He had a great look. Like you said, he's the coolest guy in, in, in the world. So it's just, but it was cool to hear all like the positive stuff because over the years you hear all this negative stuff and it's like, and you see this, we saw it with our own eyes, right? Like the videos where he, he went out to the ring that one time and like he barely could make it out to the ring. He's like shaking and, and it looks really bad, but it's like, he really made an effort to turn it around the last decade or so. And uh, just hearing everyone saying such nice stuff about him is a, it's a really, it's a really, it's just really nice to hear. And it's also something that we, I want everyone to keep that in mind too one day we're all going to be gone, right? It's a bleak thing to think about, but like we're all going to be gone. And even these people out there that like you might have some problems with just really, really remember that, like that they're not going to be here forever. And it'd be nice to kind of celebrate people before it's too late, you know? And, and it was nice to see people saying good things about Scott Hall the last few days. So it was, it was, 
he had a positive impact, I think, especially in the later years as he did turn things around. I know he had his issues, even even take taken away uh, like the demons that he battled with, like the click. They weren't the most yep. liked group in the world. Um, but overall, he had a positive impact on the wrestling community and wrestling as a whole. You mentioned the guaranteed contracts and everything like jumping ship like that was like we see it all the time now, whether it's guys getting released or contracts coming up like the, the bidding war stuff like Scott Hall was that first shot essentially to, to do that. And he did get guaranteed money out of that. I, the, hey, yo, an iconic, iconic opening uh, the survey, like an iconic like promo bit. Just just classic stuff that only Scott Hall could probably pull off because he was that cool. Of course, the, the walk to the ring with the I, my the screen is not big enough, but everyone, there you go. Jensen will turn and do it. Uh, yeah, like the, the walk yeah, to the that, ring, just like, yes. Pat McAfee was do, did that in the uh, football games and everything. Like, just iconic stuff, Scott Hall. So uh, rest in peace, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and yeah, sad time on, on Monday. Very sad time. Uh, Throwback says... Uh, it says they're facing each other. We have a, a pint to be on to on the guys. Oh. oh, he's saying he's saying we're facing each other in the tournament and uh, with the super chat money uh, to get a pint on him. Oh, I don't that. drink. I do drink, but <laughs> I don't know if I'll see any of the super chat money. That isn't exactly I don't see it how either. I get paid, uh, but uh, but I but it is way we do appreciate it. So yes, thank you. Do. I will drink uh, some beer tonight. Digital V says chocolate and cheese and fresh air. That's straightened up enough. For- yeah, come on, guys. Wait, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Good. Still long days. Long days. Uh, Throwback says, I'm going to cut you up, Scott Hall. Got into Facebook jail for posting that. That's not good. Um, it- it's true. He was one of the best performers and changed everyone's lives, not just fan. Jerry Springer episode he did was amazing. Yeah, people have posted that on, on Twitter where he uh, goes and-, and greets the kids. And it's like completely in, in character. And, you know, just, just tells them, you know, keep fighting and everything. And, and I, you know, people remember the, of course, the, the hall of fame speech, bad times don't last bad guys do like just iconic stuff from Scott Hall. Absolutely iconic stuff. And, and people have also said, no, no, Scott Hall, no crow sting. Yeah. He was the person who suggested to sting like, Hey, you've seen the crow. Like you should do something like this. Yeah. And, and that's something I think needs to get highlighted a little more too, is because he has that rep of, like you said, being a part of the click and holding a lot of wrestlers, you know, down potentially and stuff like that. And they, you know, they bullied people and whatnot, but you know, when you think you gotta, there's, there's two sides to a lot of this stuff, right? Like, like Scott Hall did come up with the crow uh, gimmick for sting and sting has said that like scott hall didn't really want credit for that like scott hall got more enjoyment out of just seeing him being successful with the gimmick than people knowing that he had the idea for it um you know he 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 was responsible for making some people's careers like sean waltman doesn't have the career he had without without razor putting him over on that on that raw you know like even Jeff Hardy, I remember him talking about when Jeff Hardy was a teenager and he was like lying about his age to like wrestle for the WWF before he was 18. He had some matches with Scott Hall and Hall was backstage like lobbying for um, Hardy to beat him because he's like, he's like, look, like this kid is good and he's young and he's got a real future. Like, I'm good. Like uh, people know me. I'm over. Like we can make something with this kid. Like, so it, it's one of those things where maybe his philosophy changed over time. Cause I also imagine in WCW when you're making that much money, like more money than you'd ever imagined you could possibly make in wrestling, you don't want to lose your spot. So I think he was just really, really protective of like 
keeping that money coming in. And as long as like him and his boys were taken care of, like he didn't really care about other people. That's just my own personal kind of like viewpoint on it. But, um, but, but he did, he did help make people's careers too along the way. So like, it wasn't, it wasn't all bad, all holding people down and stuff. He did help a lot of people out too. So. You you mentioned Jeff Hardy and, and Jeff and Matt talk about Scott Hall on the extreme life of, of Matt Hardy. I'm going to plug John Alba's show uh, on, on the podcast that, that drops tomorrow. So they, they tell some good Scott Hall stories on, on that podcast. That's a, it's a great listen. I assume everybody will listen to it because it's Jeff's first big interview since signing with AEW and, and leaving WWE. So it gets into that, but they do tell Scott Hall stories as well so everyone check that out tomorrow extreme life of matt hardy john alba if you're listening to this or if someone wants to inform john alba that he uh owes me money now he can he can send the check he knows where to find me i've plugged this show i've done my done my part so uh check should be in the mail on that uh they talk about that they, they do talk about jeff dancing when he's supposed to save matt so they they do they do mention that on the show uh, which is which is very good. Uh, let's get into our actual spotlights, and unfortunately, I'm going to keep it on sort of positivity downers, if if that makes sense. Uh, so I'm going to start with, with mine, which is Biggie, who suffered a broken neck on SmackDown after taking an overhead belly belly suplex by Ridge Holland, landed just brutally in real time. You could tell it was bad, and then he got stretchered out of the arena. Uh, fortunately, I gave the thumbs up and everything, and then he posted an update, said his neck was broken, said he doesn't need surgery, he's back at home. On the good on the good side of this, it seems like it's on the lower end of, of neck issues. On the bad side of this, it's a neck, it's a broken neck, like that's not good. William Regal tells a tale on Jericho's podcast where he broke his neck in 1993 and then just kept wrestling, and like stuff just kind of got worse for him, and a lot of it did stem from his neck and everything. Uh, so... Best wishes to Big E, who seems like I've never interacted with him. Seems like the nicest guy in the entire world. Got a lot of love from all across the, the wrestling community, which you, you love to see. It seems like nobody has a bad word to say about Big E. Um, it's been a rough 2022 for him, whether it is, you know, personally like this, suffering a broken neck, or professionally where he lost the title and then lost to Seth Rollins and then just got moved to SmackDown and that's it. But best wishes to Big E. Hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. Hopefully he's still involved in WrestleMania in some capacity. So he just gets on that show, gets a nice payday because it did seem like they were setting up a six man tag. Uh, but yeah, best wishes uh, to Big E who is fantastic. Love Big E. Big meaty men slapping meat with Big E. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just super unfortunate for so many reasons. Like you just said, you know, him getting the WWE title to begin with was because of the fan support. Like, I don't think that WWE had any intention of pushing him to the level that they did until they, like, they knew the fans were so behind him and they, they really, really wanted to see him win the title. And he got the title. And then to his credit, man, he was out there doing media and showing up at those big boxing events and doing the, the intros for, for, uh, you know, big boxers and stuff. And he was showing up to college game day and he was like, and he's such like a well put together dude on top of it, right? Like he looks like he looks cool and like he dresses cool. And like, he's like this, he's just like a great face for your company and just a great ambassador for like, just, just wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever you want to call it. And then for them to just like, just basically give him like, I hate to say it, but like the Kofi treatment where it's like, he just loses the title to Brock just kind of gets pushed back down the card not really in the mix anymore in, in that main event scene and none of, and literally none of it was his fault. None of it. 
um, he did as, as the best job he could. And I thought he did a really damn good job um, given the opportunity he, he was given. Um, and then to like now be in a position where like you got a broken neck, like, and I saw, I saw the, the spot and I'm not going to sit here and like place blame on anybody because like things do happen in wrestling. It's unfortunate, but you know, I thought Taz, you know, he did, he brought up like a good point on Twitter. He basically said like, and once again, this isn't putting blame on anybody. It's just something that I think people need to really take into account. Like these suplexes, especially when you're throwing people over your heads and they're going, you know, head over, over or feet overhead and all this stuff. Like the technique is so, so important because it is so easy for these kind of things to happen. Um, once again, not Ridge's fault, not Biggie's fault. It's, it's just an unfortunate thing that happened. Um, but you know, the technique and something like that is just super, super, super important. And, and those are the reasons why it's super important. And, uh, and the one, the one positive to come out of this, and I know that you know, I just try to find a silver lining in everything if I can and seeing Biggie's response since he's broken his neck, like even he's like, I can't believe how many people love me. Like I didn't know, like I knew like the wrestling fans liked me or whatever, but like, I didn't expect this kind of outpour support. And like, he seems taken back by it. So like now he knows how much people really love him, you know? And like that, that is a cool thing. It's just really, really unfortunate that he, I mean, broken neck, you know, but it, luckily now, nowadays with medicine and technology and stuff, like, you know, we've seen plenty of people come back from broken necks, you know, historically in wrestling, but now like it's a very, it's a thing you can definitely come back from and like, hopefully won't hinder the rest of your career. Like it would have even before, even years back, like if you broke your neck, like you might be able to come back and wrestle, but like you were kind of on borrowed time because like you, like the, the medicine and technology just wasn't up to, up to where it needed to be for you to like have a long career after for most people. I'm hoping Big E can come back and he can wrestle as long as he wants to after this. It's just, uh, yeah, it just isn't, I don't really know what else to say other than like, it's just super unfortunate. I feel terrible for Big E and like, um, I just, I just hope he recovers and he, and he goes back to doing what he loves doing. I do hope that he he's able to return and have uh, as long as career as he wants to inside of wrestling. People mentioning uh, Ridge and you brought it up about uh, his technique and everything. Like there is some blame on Ridge Holland. I'm not going to absolve him of everything. It, the way he was not safe with Biggie, he should have been better with that uh, to Ridge's credit is he seemed very remorseful by, by all accounts, by all reports. He went to the hospital to check up on Biggie. He, he did everything right there in, in making sure that Biggie was okay after the fact, but like, come on, man, you, the, these guys, they go out there, they all trust each other. And for something like this to happen, don't do the move if you can't do it or just, just do it better. Cause it is when you see stuff like that, sometimes it is like freak accident and everything in this case, it, there's a little bit of a freak accident element to it, but also Ridge was not, he didn't have proper technique on it. And so it, it was very scary. I'm glad that it's not as bad as it could have been for Biggie and he doesn't need surgery or anything like that. Hopefully he comes back and, and is healthy and still enjoys a, a, a longer or a long career, however long he wants it to be. But it sucks because Biggie's one of one of the guys that I enjoy watching, even if they don't know what they're doing with him. And now it's just another reason to like not watch SmackDown. Xavier Woods is back, which is which is cool. But all of New Day still not quite not quite whole, which sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. So 
Uh, shout out Big E. You know, we're all thinking about you over here, man. It's just just super unfortunate. And yeah, yeah, if Ridge is going to keep doing that move or moves like that, he's, do got, it he's got to get the technique down before he, he yeah. yeah. Should just, just should not do it anymore. Well, to be to... honest, like he probably doesn't even want to. Like I, I've heard plenty of wrestlers like that when they get hurt on like even moves that are like really basic, a lot of the time they're like, I'm just not doing that move anymore. Like it's, it's not worth yeah. it. Yeah, he, so. he, he should probably cut that one cut that one out all right if you're gonna do it do it as somebody smaller or just get your technique down okay just don't just try to willingly you know barrel toss a guy over your head like ridge did so um yeah best wishes to biggie and it was great again seeing all the the love and support for biggie from everybody in in different companies you know a a lot of impact people a lot of a lot of AEW people put put well wishes to biggie as well just a universally beloved man biggie Uh, your WWE spotlight, Steven Jensen. You, you're you're watching Raw because you're waiting for a certain someone to show up, and he's not showing up, Steven Jensen. Kind of. So I'm watching the show, hoping he doesn't show up. I'm I'm in like this in those like this weird niche fan section of like I'm watching the show. And like every time he doesn't show up, it's a giant win for me. Cause like, I really don't want him to go back to the WWE. Like I'll, I'll watch him and support him if he does. Cause I'm such a fan, but like, I'm really hoping that he doesn't go back um, because the show is just dreadfully bad. Like, like I've watched more raw in the last month than I've watched in the last probably two years. And it is just a bad, it's just, I can call it objective subjective, whatever. It's just a bad television show. Now, it just isn't for me. I'm not saying people can't like it if if you especially no, if you're a kid. That but sucks. yeah, and, well, I'm just kids aren't watching this show. Well, when you look at the crowd, I pay very close attention to who's in the crowd, and it's all kids with their parents. And then there's like just like the sad like guys our age that like think it's gonna get better and like they're still hanging on. Um, but yeah, so so a few things for, for this, for they all, they all tie together to, to one spotlight for me for WWE this week. It's very strange that Seth Rollins, and we're talking like in Canon on the show. I understand like, of course, Seth Rollins will actually wrestle WrestleMania and stuff. And we're going to get to that, but in storyline, it's completely absurd that Seth Rollins, multi-time world champion, dude has beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania before, um, member of the shield, possibly the best WWE group of all time, depending on who you ask, right? Like, I mean, just so many, the, the, the accomplishments for this guy, or, you know, he's one of the most accomplished guys in the WWE currently. He can't get on the show been storyline, but Pat McAfee and Johnny Knoxville and, um, who there's another one, uh, Logan Paul, Logan, Logan Paul. Paul, of course. Yeah. There are um, stars outside of wrestling. Rollins I, just a wrestling dork. Who cares? I, I complete. I <laughs> once again, from a business standpoint of how the WWE looks at things, I totally, I totally get it, right? But as a story on the show, that's got to be strange, even to people who don't know what's going on. Where they're like, "Wait, Rollins is like one of the best wrestlers they have," and but like he can't get on the show. But but like, but you know the whole. Uh, the whole storylines going into WrestleMania this year are like, how do we get on the show? After Rollins and Owens lost that tag team match, like, oh, well, how are they going to get on this show now? And Owens is like, I'll just call out Steve Austin. That's how I'll get on the show. And now Rollins is like, well, let me beat you so I can get the interview 
with Steve Austin. You need to be a champion to get on the show. They don't have actual like stories going into WrestleMania. It's legitimately just like, hey, how can we get on WrestleMania? That's what the show is nowadays. It's stupid. Oh, I agree. It's very stupid. It's bad. It's just a bad show. But but they so there's so much to unpack with all this because it's like the reason Steve Austin is even coming back in story is because Kevin Owens is talking so much trash about Texas. Yeah. So at least that makes sense somewhat, right? Seth Rollins has nothing to do with this. So like, why, like Seth, why would Steve Austin even show up? It's like, oh, Seth Rollins is interviewing me. Like, I'm not going to come. He's like, my whole beef is with Kevin Owens. Like, that's the whole point of this. And so it's just, it's just, uh, man, there's so much I can talk about with all this, but. Um, Seth yeah, Rollins just, should have answered Edge's open challenge. Instead of AJ, he should have just come out there and attacked Edge. I don't care that they'd done this match to death. He should have just come out there if he wanted to be. He should have issued his own open challenge if Seth wanted to be on WrestleMania. It seems like anybody can do it. Why does Edge get to get to do it? I would have answered your open challenge, Seth. I'm the glove around me. But if I did, I would have taken the glove and smacked you with it. I'll fight you too, Seth. I'll beat the shit out of both of you guys. Yeah, I mean, you tried to ex- accept Edge's open challenge. And I did you. accept it. Let, let's let's make the record very clear. I did accept Edge's open challenge. For some reason, he did not acknowledge that because he's a little bitch and he's scared. That that's what actually happened. But it was accepted. I was the first person to accept it. I can't help it that he was like, "Oh no, I'm just going to ignore this challenge because he's scared." That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and on top of all of this, by the way, and this this is a point that needs to be made. Yeah, so the WrestleMania crowd that, like, travels in for WrestleMania and stuff, like, that's a little different than your normal WWE audience, right? Because a lot of people that are, like, just big fans go to WrestleMania. But in the build-up to WrestleMania, the majority, I would bet, the majority of their current fan base has never seen Steve Austin wrestle or is too young to have been a fan of his. Like, they can't even miss what they never had with Steve Austin. So this whole story is about getting an interview they had a match on Raw for a spot to be able to interview a wrestler that these fans have never been a fan of. So, like, this is just so. Anyways, that all being said, that let's take let's take this into the actual topic. So, the big thing now is, well, it's got to be Cody, right? There's no one left. Like, it's got like Seth is. It feels like they're just stringing this along week after week because maybe Cody isn't signing or whatever. There's some sort of holdup or whatever it is, or maybe this was the plan all along and he's going to debut in Chicago. Dude, I'm telling y'all, if Cody doesn't show up by this Monday in, in Chicago, I bet you Seth Rollins' opponent is Veer. I bet you Veer comes, yes. and that's what it winds up being. And that's going to be hilarious. Good. Yeah. Let it be Veer. I hope it is Veer. Every, everyone keeps saying the same thing with Cody. Oh, it's going to be this week. It's going to be this week. Jacksonville. Got to do it there. Chicago. Big, big wrestling town. You know, got to do it there. And until Cody shows up, I ain't buying it. I actually watched Raw to to see is I I thought Cody was gonna show up. They keep talking nightmares. They keep <laughs> Corey Graves said dashing. He's like, oh, Seth Rollins, WrestleMania Dream dashed. It's like, okay, you they've been hinting at it enough, right? They've been hinting at it so much as like, oh, it's definitely gonna happen. Here's the thing with WWE, they don't got a plan with this stuff. They've been saying <laughs> Veer is coming since October. They don't have actual plans for any of this shit. Okay, so they they can hint at it, hint at it, hint at it, 
and there could be legitimately no payoff to it. They're just doing it to pop themselves because I don't think Graves actually knows if Cody's going to be there. He's probably, again, he's probably just saying this stuff because it pops him. He's like, well, Cody's definitely coming. And then Cody may never come. Yeah, he might never come. And and Veer might never come either. We don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I also, I'd be interested. There's no way of really knowing this, the, like really gauging it for sure. But like, I'm interested to know how many people like in Raw's overall ratings right now. I think they did like a 1.7 this week when I looked or whatever, something like that. It doesn't really matter. But but at the end of the day, the reason I bring that up is because I wonder if that's really like, well, I wonder what that number really looks like if it doesn't include all of the people that are literally only watching to see if Cody shows up or not. Because if he doesn't, I think you're just going to lose all those people again. So like, and I think there's a lot of us that are doing that, by the way, there's a lot of people because, and I, and I wouldn't usually say this because I know people are going to say that like, I'm, I'm a big Cody, like I'm a, I'm too much of a Cody fan. Jensen, you went to, you, you're on the same wrestling team as Cody. Do you have his number? Can you just call him up and be like, Hey, where well, you at? Can so, we get the scoop for Cody? So the thing, the thing is though, is like, I know I'm not being overly too much of like a fanboy about this because when i look at my timeline during raw it's all about where's cody everybody's saying this every monday and then they get really really upset when he doesn't show up so it's like i i just it's it's fascinating because i think WWE's leaning into it as well i think that whether cody's showing up or not they're using this to try to pull people in under the, under the guys that like Cody's coming in and like, they know that. So that's why they keep dropping all these Cody hints and little wordplay stuff that like leads you to believe that he's going to show up soon because like, they're like, Hey, well, I mean, they might be going, Hey, Cody's not coming here, but like everyone thinks he is. And like people are tuning in thinking he is. So like, we'll just roll with it until he doesn't show up until Veer comes. Then we'll, uh, then we'll just not talk about Cody anymore. You know, I, or maybe Cody does show up, you know, it could totally be Cody at WrestleMania, but like, if they're going to do that, they literally have to, like, it has to be next week. WrestleMania is in like two weeks. Right. So like, I think three, well, three I and hope, two, however you look at it, it's over the weekend. So it's hard to say, but yeah. I hope Cody is using all of this for leverage. Oh, I say, I hope he's using it for leverage. And like, he hasn't actually signed. He's like, you guys are keep teasing this. Like, I'm just not going to show up. Like I'm not going to sign and you've teased something and then you don't deliver it. And I'd say like, that's a good thing. But then I, I think about that and that Vince would probably be like, so here's a shit. We've teased plenty of things that we don't deliver. Even though Vince's whole like mindset and motto, uh, I think Undertaker has said this before uh, of like, Vince doesn't like teasing anything that he can't deliver on, which I mean, that's the the story of WWE for about the last two decades now. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know when Cody is going to come. I assume it is on Monday. I don't actually know that to be true, though. Jensen, you have mentioned you needed a, a Cody, a Bill of Buddy. Yeah, right? absolutely. Explain I, this. You're so taking applications. I, I am. Um, so I tweeted after. On top, by the way, I watched Raw on Monday. I was offered free box seats to the Hawks game on Monday night. And I didn't I go and they served Jewish food, which I love. They serve latkes because my brother went and he was like, dude, you're missing out on free latkes. And I was like, you gotta be kidding. I was like, Cody better show up at this point. Cause the black but play what are latkes? No, no, no. I know. Oh, oh, I thought you were asking what latkes. No. <laughs> Anyways. So I, I didn't go to this game on Monday. Um, and 
it, once again, I'm watching in the hopes that Cody doesn't show up because I don't want him in the company. But like at the same time, I'm like, I mean, I'm missing a basketball game for this. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, now, what really pissed me off was my brother's at the game and he's like, Hey man, they got TVs in the box. You could have just turned raw on. And I was like, yeah, oh. it's box seat. Jensen, I could have told you this box seats have TVs. I didn't even think about it like that. Um, and it was a late invitation, by the way, it wasn't like something I had like plant to like plan and prepare for. It was kind of like a last minute thing, extra ticket type thing. And it was already kind of like sunk in my couch and like, you know, but anyways, Cody, a bill buddy. So I put this out on Twitter after watching just a, I don't even know what the word is. Just a bad episode of raw for three hours. And the show ends. I put the tweet out. Um, I had probably between direct messages and like comments and just like random people reaching out. I legitimately probably had around 50 people be like, either ask me what the actual pay was like being like interested and like thinking it was like a really a paying, a paying job. Um, and people who were just willing to do it for free. So what I'm looking for, for Cody Abilla, buddy, is someone needs to watch every WWE program, really just Raw or SmackDown, because we know he ain't showing up on NXT or like Level Up or whatever, UK, I, any of that stuff. Um, but watch Raw and SmackDown for me. Um, if Cody shows up, alert me immediately. And I'm not talking like his segment ends. It's like, hey, Cody's here. It's like, remember back in the day when we had like, when like the next tell chirp was a big thing? Like when you hit, it was like the walkie talkie for your cell phone. Like yeah. it, it called people faster than a phone. Like if yeah. that still existed, like I would have wanted someone to use that for me. Like, like Cody shows up, chirp me. Like I need to be, I need to be alerted immediately so I can get to my television and see what's going on. Um, I joked that the pay would be David and Buster's power card credits. Um, I don't think that's a joke. Depending on how good of a job you do, that might not be a joke. I might give you, I might even just give you some Dave and Buster's NFTs because I got a ton of them. Um, and you might potentially become rich in an you, alternate universe in the future. So yeah, you've just turned off people from applying for this job. Well, NFTs it's that or nothing. I'm not going to pay somebody who's already watching Raw to, to just text me. But but the thing is, I have, um, I've legitimately got um, like JJ. JJ, I was going to reach out to you anyways. I saw your messages um jj please do this for me um jj is going to be one of my uh, cody bill buddies i've got amanda rafeman uh kay fabulous he said she'll she'll shoot me something um if uh if he shows up i've got like three or four people that like like are committed to this for me so uh so yeah um we need you know you know what we need is i i'm sure you have like the espn app or the score app or something like that some type of like sports app and you get alerts like score alerts news alerts like oh hey like for hockey for example i'll get an alert every time the abs game like 15 minutes before puck drop and then when there's a goal like five minutes left close game uh a game ends like you just get alerts any type of breaking news you get alerts we need this in the wrestling world right of like hey this kenny omega match like you can turn on alerts for certain wrestlers to and so Kenny Omega is on your television. Turn on the alert. This Omega match is starting. Turn on your alert. Like some type of alert like that. So like when Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker started last night, you get an alert that, hey, this match is starting right now. Get to your TV. We Somebody designed this, all right? J, J, uh, cut Jensen and I in on, the, on the, the IP for the idea. But somebody smarter than us designed this app to where – it's a wrestling news app, and you get alerts for it. Where's Jimmy Van? Somebody tell talk to Jimmy Van yes. 
pitch it. Jimmy's got a bunch of money from, from what I've been told. I don't see a dime of it, but somebody pitched this to, to Jimmy Van. He's going to fire me. Uh, somebody pitched this to Jimmy Van. I'm like, I'm like, I like working here too. <laughs> Uh, somebody, somebody alert Jimmy Van to create this app, get his team on it, and, and let's make this wrestling, this wrestling news app. It'll be fightful news, but then you have alerts for wrestlers that when hey they're on the television, the alert gets pushed through. Let's make this happen, everybody. I like it. I like it. J- JJ with a comment. I think that's pretty funny. I get to watch Ross or Jensen can have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I see the thing is I'm not, it's not like I'm out there like having like a blast on Monday. Well, I guess I could have this past Monday at the, at the basketball game, but um, this is really more so because I just don't see any now granted we do this show and we do need to have some WWE topics to talk about. Right. So, so it's not like I'm one of those people that's like, I have no reason to watch. We don't. I literally ate a peanut butter dipped Oreo last week instead of talking about WWE. That's true. But I'm I'm, I'm making at least the bare minimum effort to have some sort of idea of what is going on so that I'm not a fish out of water here. But once again, both of us have watched the WWE for like three decades. So it's like we, we got a pretty good grasp on like, for instance, I do great on Wrestle Rumble entries every month and I barely watch the show. And it's because I just have to think, who does Vince think is a bigger star? They're probably going to win. I don't even have to know the stories. I don't have to, you know what I mean? So it's like, we have a pretty educated opinion of this stuff, whether we're watching weekly or not. We just have to kind of fill in the blanks of like what they're actually doing week to week. But, you know, it's just one of those things where like, I just don't want to be one of those guys, these sad, pathetic, just these, these sad souls that I see on Twitter that just breathe super heavy into their keyboards and type in all caps and just watch raw every week thinking it's going to get better. And they just like, I'd rather just not watch the show. Cause, cause once again, Jeremy, I mean, I, I watch so much wrestling a week you do. and hardly any of it is WWE, but I can, I can spend my dude. If I'm going to spend my three hours on a Monday watching wrestling, I'd rather catch up on like a couple shows off like IWTV or something that like I might've missed from, you know, uh, some some indie show on YouTube or something like you know, so it's just one of those things. I just don't want to be one of those guys who just hate watching this show and like just sounding like I'm just this like just this sour curmudgeon dude who like you know it was great in my day and it isn't anymore. Because because the thing is, if I was a six year old kid or an eight year old kid or whatever, this would be good. Like so, I understand like there, I get it. Like I this there are people that love this show, dude. Here's a great example. I know somebody who went to Raw really recently um not a wrestling fan but his kid has recently gotten into it and he went to the show he said his kid had a blast this kid's like less than 10 years old and i and i asked immediately i said uh he was like yeah yeah he was his favorite wrestler was there and before he even told me who it was i said is it roman reigns and he goes yeah yeah roman like that's his guy and i was like okay so it's working like roman i mean roman's the top guy the kids love him i mean this is all good stuff for the WWE. and then he said dude I had a blast. I didn't know who anybody was. I don't know anything, but it's like the production, like the, yeah. the, the pyro and the, 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 all the, all the different uh, digital uh, augmented reality type stuff or whatever you see all over the arena and in the lights and the wrestling was completely secondary to them. It was all just like this big fun show that they did as a family. They're like going to the circus or something. Right. And, <laughs> and the circus. Well, I mean, it kind of is for people who aren't like big time fans. It just comes it to town and they go, hey, WWE's in town. I guess I'll go. And they have a good time at the show. So like, I'm not going to sit here and tell those people they can't have fun at these shows. Like, because, you know, that 
I have no problem with that. But but as somebody who's watched wrestling for you know 30 years or whatever, and like there's all these other companies that I really, really love, I just don't see the point in in hate watching something. Now, the last thing I'll say about this is there are some differences depending on who you're talking about here, right? There are people like Sean and stuff that like their actual job, like he has to watch Raw. Like that, like his part of his job is to watch Raw and review Raw and watch SmackDown and review SmackDown. So like I have nothing against people who legitimately have to do this for their job. But luckily for me, the majority of like my space here at Fightful is is indie stuff. So like as long as I know my stuff there, I feel like I'm doing my part. So um, so yeah, that's just you know, just kind of a lot of feelings I have about it. Once again, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up in a bow like this. If you like the WWE, there's nothing wrong with that. Keep watching it. Keep supporting it. Um, if you don't like the show, please find something else to do with your time because you're literally just wasting your time and everyone else's. Nobody cares how much you don't like Raw. I'm sorry to say. So, Can't wait to make you watch Raw next week for Cody potentially showing up. No, you're going to watch Cody's. Buddy. I got the bill, buddy, man. Sure. I don't have to. Yeah. True. Just text them. You guys are high school. High school so I'll, I'll say this too, because I've actually had people ask me that, that specifically a few times, right? So my thing with Cody is I'll, I'll be dead honest. The reason why I don't try to contact him more often. And the reason that I, I don't, I, I, I don't mind that people know that I went to high school with him and stuff. Cause that just kind of reinforces my point of why I'm such a big fan of his. But I never want anybody to ever even get the hint of an idea that I'm I'm at where I'm at in like this wrestling media space or game or whatever because of him. Because he he has helped me zero percent as far as like making connections, getting interviewed. Like I just know him from back in the day. But like I just never want that to be a thing where people are like, oh, he's only doing this because he knows Cody, he's doing that because he knows. So I've separated myself from it completely. Um, I would love to do an interview with him when he retires. Like, I'd love to be the guy who does like the Ric Flair style, you know, where like Ric Flair spitting into the, spitting into the thing for oh, three hours. You don't want to be Mark <laughs> but, but I'd like to be the guy who like sits down and does like, like a career retrospective, like whenever Cody retires. So I can go from high school through OVW, through WWE, through AEW, through like whatever's next um, and do something like that. But that's, you know, just full, full transparency, full disclosure. Like, I, I just don't want anyone to ever think that any sort of relationship I'd had with Cody in the past has anything to do with my success in this space. So that's the reason I, I just, I just really don't. I don't think, I don't think anybody would have thought, thought that I, I know you've told the, the story that you guys went to high school. I just kind of figured it, it ended there. Like you guys just happened to go to the same high school. When it, and it pretty much did, but, but it's one of those things where like, if I go to a show that he's at, like I can say certain things from the crowd, right? Like, so there's something called MTXE, which was our motto in high school and the high school wrestling team. It stands for mental toughness, extra effort. So like if I'm at a show that he's at and it gets quiet and I yell out MTXE, his ears will go up like a dog and he'll start looking around. Who just said and MTXE? Send you pictures of his dog. Yeah, right. Um, uh, but it's one of those things where like I don't have some like some like super tight relationship with him like right now. And so I mean we went to high school together 15 years ago, but it is something where like if I see him at a show and I get a chance to talk to him or shake his hand or something, he does know who I am. Like we interact on Twitter occasionally, but I would never be the kind of guy to be like, Hey Cody, are you going to the WWE? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not to, expecting I'll, I'll message to... Cody right now. Do not do that. It's going to be so embarrassing to me. Don't bring my name into it. No, I was going to tag you. Like, Hey Cody. Hey, I'll message him. Here we go. Hey, what's his at? Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. Hey, at Cody Rhodes, are you going to 
WWE. <laughs> there. This is asked directly for the source. I won't tag you in it. I, I won't. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, Sean Williams says, am I supposed to know who Jensen is and know his relationship with Cody? I'm confused. Uh, no, you're not necessarily supposed to know who I am. That's fine if you don't. Um, but most people that listen to any of the stuff that I do, whether it's here or any of the other platforms that I like, I pop up go. on, it's pretty common knowledge. Um, that That's why we're talking about it. Right. Yeah, just yeah, just go ahead and ask him. This right. <laughs> is... I'll get the scoop, everybody. Everybody's afraid to ask tough questions around here. There, I just messaged Cody and see see if he's going to WWE. Uh, yeah, and, and and once again, once again, Sean, just just so you know, Sean Williams, it's one of those things too where like because I'm such a big Cody fan, a lot of people get really confused by that, and they're like, why is he always talking about Cody? Why is he such a big fan of Cody? Cody Everyone fucking pays. rules. When I'm like, That's why? Well, there's that, but I'm also like, y'all don't understand. I was watching this dude win state championships in high school wrestling. And like, I was a fan of him then before he was even a pro wrestler. You know what I mean? Like that's just, I just got like a, a, a link to the dude, you know? Reggie Simmons says, so happy to start following you guys. Very entertaining and informative. Thanks, Reggie. We appreciate you. Uh, Ricardo says, I also watched Raw for Cody. I regretted it. I like that Jensen's just like hate watches Raw so Cody doesn't show up. So it's like at the end of the show when he's not there, I just see Jensen like fist bump like, yes, yes, he didn't show up. Let's go. Let's go. No, Cody. Everybody else is disappointed that Cody didn't show up. Jensen's celebrating. Frank says uh, there's a lot of blue balls and people not coming to the main roster, but that must be why they're overcompensating with NXT 2.0. Yeah, probably. I don't, know. I don't watch NXT 2.0. Right? I barely watch WWE, but I like talking about Cody because uh, Jensen, Jensen enjoys it. Uh, let's move on to, to AEW. Last night, Thunder Rosa at the big AEW women's title victory. She defeated Britt Baker inside the steel cage. I think a lot of people saw this coming, especially after she lost at the pay-per-view. And then being in her hometown, she got the big entrance and everything. She had an interview with Busted Open that, where she was very emotional talking about what was to come and everything. Uh, but Thunder Rosa, they got the title on her. Jensen, what'd you think of this decision, this match, and just overall thoughts on it? I think that the match was really, really good. I really like the cage match. Um, I think it, a lot of people were really disappointed with the pay-per-view match and how things went and the result and stuff. But like, obviously the long play was to get to this moment where she won in front of her home, her home crowd and her family and everything in the steel cage and really, uh, really wrapped up this, uh, this storyline and feud with Britt Baker. So I thought it was all really well done. I think it's been a long time coming for Thunder Rosa to be the AEW women's champion, nothing against Britt. I thought she was the right person to have the title when she had it as well. And she did a very, very good job with it. And she's very over. Um, But Thunder Rosa, in my opinion, if we're talking like the women of AEW, I think Thunder Rosa and uh, Serena Deeb are the, are the two best on the roster, like all around. And Thunder Rosa has been like that literally since day one in AEW. Like even back when she was, you know, technically an NWA wrestler and she was just coming in and doing some matches uh, with AEW. Even then people were like, man, she is super talented. And that's not even just a single out the women. Like if we're looking at the whole roster, I'd put Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa up there with anyone of any gender. That's how talented I think the two of them are. So it's one of those things where like there's – Thunder Rosa is 100% worthy of being the AEW women's champion. Um, and if she would have lost in that spot, it would have really hurt her. I think. Cause like the, she yeah. didn't need it to happen the way that it happened. And, and I think it was just, it was really well done. I thought the match was great. And uh, I have no complaints at all. I think, I think the right person won. And, uh, and the other thing too, is Brit's going to be fine either way because she's super over. She's, she's good. And she's, she's good in the ring. She's just not like on the same level as, as Thunder in my opinion, but she's, 
which she doesn't have in the ring, she more than makes up for with in charisma and how over she is. So she'll have a, a top spot no matter what going forward, whether it's as like a singles wrestler trying to like get the title back or anything she could do with Adam Cole. Cause like, there's a ton of stories you can run with the two of them as a couple and stuff. So like she has plenty of options to keep her like towards the top of the card. So it doesn't hurt Britt Baker. It helps Thunder Rosa. So like I, I, I was a fan of, of all of this. So what about you? I, I thought it was a very good match. I, it was better than the pay-per-view match. Not quite as good as the lights out match, but that was a lot to live up to. Um, yeah. I'm more than anything. Hope they have a plan with Thunder Rosa, like they have a, a challenger lined up for her next. I feel like it's going to be Serena Deeb if, if she ends the feud with, with Sheeta and, and wins that. I know they they hinted at a new direction for, for Chris Statlander. We'll see where that goes. But that was the disappointing thing with Britt's run. It's like Britt was doing great on television beforehand. She won the title. It was like, oh, this is going to really reignite the division. Like, here we go. Britt's going to be on TV all the time. And she was. Like, they, they put her backstage a little bit too much for li- my liking. But a lot of her title matches were just like, oh, I'm just going to interrupt you. And then we're just going to kind of take like little cheap shots at each other. And it doesn't feel like there was enough meat on the bone for a lot of her, her title matches. And I didn't like that. I hope that there is more with, with Thunder Rosa because she doesn't cut too many promos. She she said it before, like she, she would like to get a little bit of my time. She's been working hard on her English and everything. So I'd like to see her get more promo time and everything like that. Just have Just have a next step. Whatever that might be, just have a next step for for Thunder Rosa. But I, I thought this was the the perfect time to to do the title title switch. And yeah, Britt Britt's gonna be fine. She'll remain on TV in different segments. I imagine at some point Britt's gonna feud with Hater and everything. Um, once they once they break up that group, we shall see. But whatever whatever's next for Thunder Rosa, I hope it gets the the proper time to deserve. And there is actual feuds and not just like let me interrupt you and then let's just go on and, and have this match and that's the end of it like build people up actually put some some thought and some effort into some of these stories beyond simple interruption hey let's take little cheap shots at each other yeah yeah for sure and I, i'm totally with you i think that uh i think it will be hater and thunder or sorry hater and brit uh going forward because they've really they've really started building to that for a minute so i think that that makes the most sense and it'll help jamie hater a lot too because she has a lot of talent and she just needs to get out there in some big matches and like really kind of prove herself in front of the aw audience and i think she'll definitely do that i mean also just for what it's worth like sean williams like i i see a man i don't take any disrespect from anything you said i any y'all can say anything you want to about me or about wrestling or anything in the comments as long as you're being respectful about it like I'm, I'm dude, I'm super, super, super easy and and like liberal and stuff when it comes to a lot of this. Like I, you know what I mean? Like if it's okay that people have different opinions on wrestling, like it's totally fine with me. So, um, never feel like you have to apologize for having an opinion or something on wrestling. Like it's, it's all, it's all good. I just appreciate everyone who comes in here and watches this show with us. I, I, I really appreciate it a lot. So. I don't. Our chat's awful. Um, now they're actually very kind human beings, and I yeah, do they rule. Our chat rules, rules, man. Our chat does rule. Uh, so yeah, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, great stuff. Uh, once we get the Fightful app launched, and you can get notifications of, of when wait, we need a blood notification as well. So that way, whenever there's blood in a match, that goes off. That I like, we knew there was going to be blood and that stuff. Uh, I, I little shocked they used the tax. I don't know why, but a little shocked they used the one the bump that looked like it sucked was the when the chairs were stacked up and that thing did not give at all like when Britt took that that looked like it was awful uh but but bless Britt Baker on that one yeah the hardcore the hardcore uh icon Britt Baker 
Um, my AW spotlight is the Jericho Appreciation Society and Chris Jericho's promo where he he renamed Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. Uh, Daniel Garcia called himself a sports entertainer. Jake Hager stood there, which is what you want from Jake Hager. But Jericho basically cut a anti-AEW promo because AEW is all about wrestling, and he leaned into the sports entertainment stuff. And I thought this was fantastic, and I thought this was a great way because, like, it's good when you just want to like combat what your company is known for to be a uh, to use this as like a heel device, combat. Uh, what your company is known for by going the completely opposite direction. And Jericho is smart about this stuff. And that's what he did. Here's my issue with it. I don't need this and the damn Lambert stuff on the same show because one is doing it in an entertaining, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of way. And the other one just sucks. And I don't need both of these things on the show trying to be the same type of heel. That's where I, I don't, I don't like it. And that that's my disconnect there, but as far as Jericho stuff goes, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another one where okay, I did not go to high school with Chris Jericho, obviously. Um, but I'm I'm Jericho is my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, I talk about that a lot. Um, and a big reason is because you know I was a fan back from WCW, and I was able to watch his ECW run like almost right after it happened because I became such a big Jericho fan in WCW. Then of course his big blow up in WWF was just awesome. The Y2J stuff and all that, right? And, and just to see his longevity. And the reason I say all that is because when you see him do something like he did last night, that was the first time in a while, I think, between that and the Kingston match, that was the first time in a while that I, I looked like the internet was kind of turning back towards appreciating. It's ironic, the Jericho Appreciation Society. But the, the fans are kind of like appreciating him more again because he was really getting shit on pretty bad for a while there from from the audience that thought he was like unmotivated and out of shape and not having the matches he needed to and all this stuff and i know there's stuff like outside of wrestling that that people have opinions on but i'm talking strictly like wrestling in the ring and all that in the presentation on the show when he when he has a match like he did with kingston which i thought was the second best match of a i thought punk and mjf was the match of the night that night but but to have the, what I consider to be the second best match, you could, granted, you could have picked like five or six matches to be the match of the night on that show. But um, just the fact that that match stood out to me as like the second best match on a insanely stacked card, I think a lot of people were like, damn, like Kingston's the man, but also Jericho, like that's a lot Jericho too in a match like that. I mean, they both had to really go out there. You can tell he's rededicated himself. He looks younger. He looks healthier. Um, he's always been great on the microphone. And I think that this whole Jericho Appreciation Society, the name itself is made to draw heat. Like people that are upset about the name, like it's working because like that's why they've called themselves that is because it is so corny and so on the nose. But I, I, I think it's been cool seeing kind of a lot of these fans that I feel like have turned on Jericho. Because once again, this guy's wrestled for 30 years and he was like at the top of his game for a lot of it, in my opinion. So we're talking like, I know he had some years that he took off, but we're talking like the majority of like 30 years and maybe he has run over the last like year, six months or whatever hasn't been great, but it's nice to see people kind of turn back around and be like, you know what? Jericho is great on the mic still. And he is still having some pretty damn good matches. And that Kingston match ruled. And like, he looks like he's healthy and he's in shape. And like, I, it seemed like people were digging what he's doing now. And, uh, and I like seeing it. I like seeing it. And, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that Jericho will, there's a lot of cool stuff they'll do with this. I was shocked when Daniel Garcia called himself a sports entertainer. I was like, 
but that's so perfect because you know he's going to be kind of like the Sammy Guevara of this inner circle type thing, right? Like this is a big part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. A big part of it, I think, is going to be to get Daniel Garcia to that next level of being like a really credible singles guy um, in like the in like the near distant future, depending on how long kind of the, this group and these stories run. So. And, and also, I think that having 2.0 with Jericho is brilliant because, like, they can feed off of each other perfectly. They're all over-the-top goofy, and it, like, works really well. And then Hager's just, like, just kind of the straight dude on the on the end who's he's the there. big – he's the muscle, you know? He's, um, there. he's there, but he doesn't have to really wrestle to be – you know what I mean? Like, Good. he just ha- – he's just a he's just kind of like a – almost a bodyguard-type guy to the group. So, I like the JAS. Um, I – I thought the promo was was great last night. Um, so as a Jericho fan, I'm excited for this. And and the inner circle it was stale and it was played out and it needed to end. So like I thought, I, I personally I like this. What about you? Oh, I I thought it was I thought it was great. People are mentioning that Lambert hasn't cut too many promos lately. Like, good. I don't I don't need Dan Lambert promos. Period. Especially if they they're going to do this stuff with Jericho now, it would be a little bit too much of the same. Uh, for me i do i guess jericho is still on rampage commentary i do want him on commentary just being very over the top with his his sports i mean he already yells enough as it is (laughs) but i want him doing like the sports entertainment cliches every time there's a tag i need jericho to say tag because that is something that irritates me about michael cole and just every wwe announcer do vintage stuff do what a maneuver stuff just be like total sports use the buzzwords that i know jericho can throw out there like do all of this shit on commentary like continue to lean into it as much as possible um so i think it was jj mentioned that open the show with a 20 minute promo like i don't know if i need to go that long but i would like to see what just like jericho open the show with a promo like lean into it enough but don't have it completely, you know, kill the entire show. I it will be interesting. I assume they're feuding with with Eddie Kingston and now Santana Ortiz and whoever they align with, if anybody. Uh, bring in Homicide, please. Um, but Eddie Kingston and Jericho, these promo battles now they're going to be great. But yeah, Jericho, man, he he finds a way to do do this stuff, and the crowd the crowd is always with it, no matter what you think about Jericho personally, professionally, personally. There are certain things, but like professionally like this man is just always going to get a reaction and he's always going to find a way to 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 reinvent himself and to stay relevant and he's done it here so bless the man i I thought i thought his promo last night was was fantastic and i'm very interested to see like the garcia stuff so i do think uh no i have no relation with dan lambert um i do (laughs) think that they're they do run a risk with garcia of going like too campy with him and like taking away his, his wrestling ability. I don't want that. I do want Daniel Garcia to still be like Daniel Garcia, great professional wrestler and not like, Oh, let's give Daniel Garcia like a gimmick and like a character to, to take away that, that I'm interested to see how the Garcia portion plays out because you're right. Like 2.0, it, that's who they are, right? They're, they're kind of WWE esque with their over the top goofiness so that works hager's hager but garcia is the the cog here is gonna be like all right are they gonna go too heavy with this and like take away what makes daniel garcia special or are they gonna bring something out of daniel garcia sort of like brian danielson where people like oh this isn't a wb guy like he has no charisma was was the knock on danielson and then he went to wb and could do like any character you wanted and just made it great 
I'm interested to see where Daniel Garcia goes with all this. That's a good point too. Cause I remember when uh, Danielson came into the WWE, he came in through NXT and his pro was the Miz and everyone yeah. was like, why the hell would you in like the show that has like William Regal and like Chris Jericho and all these stuff involved, all these guys involved. And it was like, why would you put him with the Miz of all people? And it was for that exact reason. The story was like teaching him personality basically. And uh, I think, I think the JAS is somewhat of a red herring though for Garcia. Like, I think that at some point he will realize like, these guys are not like me at all. And he will eventually wind up with like the Danielson mocks in uh, stable with, with Regal. And, and, and I mean, we saw hints of it with, with uh, Wheeler Yuta last night as well, where like, I think more of these technical wrestling dudes, the younger ones, especially they're going to start trying to kind of like submit their applications to get in with Regal mocks and, uh, and Danielson and kind of the interview is, getting slapped in the face like that and seeing how you respond to it. And if you want to keep coming back or not. Um, so I think the long game is Garcia eventually being with those guys. But I think the short term game is to just like bring a little something different out of Garcia before he, before he maybe joins up with those other dudes. And, and that, that could be what, what it is. And yeah, I'm interested to see how the Daniel Garcia portion uh, of all of this plays out. Ricardo says Jeremy should refer to him as cousin Dan. I might start that bit. Um, it's very possible <laughs> that. Yeah. Possible I get in trouble for that one. So I don't know, but I might start that one. Uh, let's move on to the other spotlight. And my other spotlight is the Briscoe brothers. Uh, Sean put out the report that Warner Media was a little bit hesitant to, to sign the Briscoes because of past homophobic comics made by uh, Jay, Jay Briscoe. And Jay has apologized in the, uh, in the past. He's apologized multiple times. And then they did an interview with uh, Battleground. Um, and Jay once again apologized and said that, you know, the Briscoes love everybody. And they, he kind of explained why he did it. Mark explained that, you know, we thought, we thought it was for the Lord, but the Lord loves everybody and the Lord is above everything. Um, and they even said, like, there's only one perfect, perfect person and they crucified him. Look, man, I think we, we all feel a certain type of way about the Briscoes. I think they're one of the best tag teams to, to ever do it. Like, as wrestlers, there are no denying, like, how great they are, whether it's in ring or, or the, on the microphone, anything like that. Like they just have a, a personality and a charisma about them that like you pay attention to that stuff. And it feels very real. It feels very natural. Everything they are doing, the comments that Jay made, obviously not good, not defending those in the least. I will defend that like people change and people grow and people mature. And by all accounts, people have forgiven Jay Briscoe, like, People who you would want to stand up for Jay Briscoe have said like, hey, he's been fine with me and everything. As far as I can tell with Jay, he feels very remorseful about all of this stuff. Um, and I don't think that these comments from nine years ago, which were not good, should be held against them getting some type of big contract in AEW. Where they've got other people there who haven't expressed similar uh, remorse or have that type of forgiveness. So I hope that things work out with Jay Briscoe and Warner Media figures it out and the Briscoes get paid like they, they should have been paid a very long time ago. But the biggest thing out of this is realize that people can change. Okay. Just like realize people can change. And if you can see actual remorse, which I think you can with Jay Briscoe, where other people you you can't, and I'm not just referring to people in AEW, referring to WWE Hall of Famers. 
then like second chances are 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 a thing in, in this case. And I know the Briscoes they've given they've been given chances to ROH and they've proved themselves in that, but like second chances, third chances, they're a thing. I, I hope things get worked out with the Briscoes and they do get a bigger platform and they're on AEW and they can have these great matches that a lot of fans want to see. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 said it really well, actually, just then. I don't have a I don't have a whole lot more I can add. I, I will say, um, I'll preface anything I say by just putting this out there. Um, I'm straight and I'm not Christian. So like my my perspective is gonna be a bit different, probably. And what I would really be interested in is to talk to like 10 or 20 people that are gay and that are Christian and and get the perspective and reasons of like the from people that that have forgiven him and people that haven't. And like that, that would give me a really good kind of gauge of like, okay, maybe I'm not seeing it quite how I should, or maybe I need to put myself in these other shoes. It's, it's hard for me to have a, you know what I mean? It's like, it, I don't know if it's my place to really have a really strong opinion because I'm not of the group that like is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not a part of like the group that was like, would have been like really, really offended by this stuff. Now that said, I'm, I'm definitely an ally to like the LGBTQ plus community like i strongly support same-sex marriages um i just want people to be happy with other people that they're happy with like i don't care who you love like live the best life you can like it's none of my business one way or the other one way or the other um but it's one of those things where like when you're a guy so these guys are chicken farmers from delaware that were raised incredibly like by the bible is what it seems right and and the way that it sounds to me and the way that I kind of digest the Briscoes and their apologies and stuff is when they made those comments like 10 years ago, they legitimately thought like, I'm saying this because this is like what I've been taught in the Bible. And this kind of just trumps any other kind of reasoning that I would need to have. Like, and I know people like that in my real life, people that are like super intelligent people that are really, really logical thinkers um, that I get along with great. But like, they'll be some of them, they'll be like really against certain things like same sex marriage or something. And it'll be really confusing to me, but their, their, their rationale will be, well, because that's how, that's what it says in the Bible. And that's what I've always been taught. And like, I know it's, I know it's, they'll even say sometimes, like, I know it's a wrong way to think, but like, that's what I follow is, is these words. And it just doesn't matter. Like logic just doesn't matter. Like they are blindly following that. Now, what I thought a few things, right. One, they've apologized a lot for this, and it did happen a long time ago. And there hasn't been like this, like, repeat. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He did like them doing this and then apologizing and them doing this and apologizing. They're apologizing for the same thing from 10 years ago over and over and over again. And they're not repeating the actions. And on top of that, I think it was really important. I think it was Mark Briscoe during that interview that jumped in and was like, you you brought it up as well. He's like, hey, now we think different. Like we still follow the Lord, but like the Lord loves everybody. And we didn't we didn't understand that 10 years ago. And things have changed and our mindsets have changed. And I just feel like 
when something happens that long ago, once again, I'm not, I'm not defending the comments because I disagree with those comments, but like personally, but we're talking 10 years ago, apology after apology. If they were, if they were, like I said, if this was a thing where like every couple of years they were saying something like this and then apologizing, it'd be different, but they're apologizing for something from so long ago, over and over and over again. And I legitimately, I, you know, I can't accept their apology because I, I am not gay, you know, cause I, so I don't, I'm not the one whose apology they really need that needs the acceptance from, but like, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at on it is like, for me as a wrestling fan, as just somebody who like, I've made mistakes, you've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes and said, so, dude, I was, I'm 33 years old. When I was 25, even I was a completely different person than I am right now. Yeah. Like things change so much over time and to, and, and to kind of blacklist these guys, like from being a part of AEW because of this one thing from that long ago, I really feel like we should be giving them a second chance, but they're on like, they're on a one strike system and, and everybody would, would, would know that, you know, like if they do something like this again, they're done. And like, and they know that the fans know that. Um, but I feel like we, I'm just, I'm very big on second chances, but I, I but I'm not big on like 10th chances. You know what I mean? So, it, so it's like, that's just kind of where I'm, I'm at with it. Like they're, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough and times change and, and the vernacular changes too. things that we were saying years ago, some of that stuff really doesn't fly anymore, like at all. And like, you know, so it's just one of those things where like, and you said it as well, and I'm not going to sit here and throw people under the bus either, but like, there are plenty of people that have done much worse that are on television every week for major companies. Um, so I just want to put that out there too, that like, I, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it's a tough thing. And I feel really bad, especially for anyone who gets like really, really, really offended by that for good reason. Like if, if you, if you are homosexual or even a Christian or whatever, like if you're in any of these groups where you feel like they, they really, really hurt your feelings. I, I hate that. Like, I hate that, 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 that that's happened for you and that maybe you won't give these guys a second chance, but I just, you know, I'm of the opinion that I think they should get a second chance personally. And if they, they screw up again, they're done. And they know that and the fans know that. So not defending the comments, not even defending Jay Briscoe on this. He wasn't young. It's not like he was in his teens or twenties. He was like 28, 27 at the time. So he, he was an adult when he said these things, but again, a, your, your way of thinking changes, your, your knowledge changes. And, and, uh, digital bees mentioned in chat, like if he said that, like he sat down with, with Jay and they hashed out based on the people who would need to forgive Jay Briscoe, like Effie, like he's gotten that forgiveness and, and, and to go back to, or not, not to go to bring up like people who have made racist comments in, in wrestling in the past. You listen to like Titus and Biggie and they're like, yeah, this person didn't really show that much remorse. This person, we talked to it, we hashed out, like they realized what they said was stupid and we figured it out. And like, I can see a change in them. I forgive them. Like that's the stuff you got to take into account on this. Okay. Is if people can change, there can be second, third chances. Like you said, 10th chances, then we're, then that's one thing. But the Briscoes have wrestled seemingly without an issue for the last decade now it sucks. It it's horrible, but they they deserve worse wrestlers than them, worse people than them, people who did worse things than them are given second and third chances. So, 
Uh, hopefully things work out with the with the Briscoes in some capacity, just because I like seeing them uh, wrestle and I want to see them wrestle a lot of a lot of top teams. And it, it's not going to erase what what Jay Briscoe has done. Those comments are never going to be erased, and he'll probably he's going to have to live with them, and he's going to be tied to them throughout his entire career and life. But let's not let that define his entire career and his right. life, especially with the things he said and with everything that has happened. So and I, I, I will say just real quick, if there's anyone who hears this, that is, you know, a part of the LGBTQ plus community or any, or any of the things that I've, if you like completely disagree with like what we're saying, please feel free to like mention me on Twitter in like a respectful manner or DM me or something. And just give me your perspective because like, maybe there is something I'm not considering, you know, but I just, you know, I just want to put that out there too. If anyone hears this and they're like, dude, these guys are crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. Let, let me know why you feel that way. I'd be happy to, I'd be more open ears to, to hear why. So. Yes. We are not, we are not the people who Jay needs to be apologizing to. That's, that's why I said, yeah. uh, he, it seems like the people he needs to be apologizing to and the people who need to forgive him, at least within the wrestling circles have kind of done. So there's obviously going to be people who just, they're not going to accept anything, but we shall see what happens with the Briscoes. Um, I just like watching, I like watching them wrestle. All right. I, that part of it comes down to that is I like watching them wrestle and that's probably shitty of me. And maybe I should have higher standards than I really like that watching this guy wrestle, but I'm also going to willingly give them a second and third chance based on other information that is out there as well. Jensen, your other spotlight for some reason would become an impact wrestling podcast your other spotlight for this week so my other spotlight this week is from impact wrestling it is that the motor the motor city machine guns have reunited um this past episode of impact um the bullet club was in the ring uh more particularly uh chris bay and jay white as a as a tag team um they were basically with the rest of the bullet club bullying and outnumbering uh chris saban and Alex Shelley, sorry, Alex Shelley, and then Chris Saban. I, I mean, I'm getting all screwed up. They, they were talking to Alex Shelley, and then Chris Saban came out onto the ramp with them. But essentially, they've now kind of even the odds because Motor City is back. They're reunited. Um, there was a long time where Alex Shelley wasn't a part of the company. I know he came back recently, and he had that banger with uh, with Jay White. That singles match was really, really good. Um, but it's cool because, you know, I know Alex Shelley, I, I don't know the exact details, but it was something like, I know throughout the pandemic, he has like another job and like he couldn't be doing because of like uh, the the pandemic and stuff for a while. Like he he couldn't be doing impact and also be a part of the other stuff that he does. So it's great to see them back together. And um, that was pretty much the spotlight was like Motor City's back as a tag team. And not only that, next week on impact, they're going to be having the tag team match Saban and Shelly versus Bay and White. And that's that's a honestly, that's a reason to tune into Impact, in my opinion. If you don't normally tune in, that's going to be a really good tag team match. So, and, and I'm never, I'm, I'm always going to be for Motor City having tag team matches on any show. Like they, they never have a bad match. Um, and Chris Bay is one of my dudes. I'm always talking about push Chris Bay, push Chris Bay. By the way, on this past episode of Impact, Willie Mack got a win and Ace Austin got a win back to back on the same show. And I was like, oh, they're, don't give them they're, credit for that. They're listening. They're listening to our stuff, Jeremy. <laughs> um, I have, I have been, we know certain people in the company listen to our stuff. Yeah. The funny thing is some people do, which is, you know, which is cool and all every now and then I get like a DM from someone that's like, Hey, you've been a pretty good point about it. And I was like, dude, I can't believe they just 
told me that. It's like, you know, I kind of wasn't that cool to the, I've had, I won't ever say who, but I've had people in the WWE sometimes agree with me about like my takes about how bad it is. Be like, yeah, man, I totally get your point about that. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like nothing personal, but, but so, so that's the thing is like, just there, they seem to be kind of pushing the people I want them to push right now, which has been really nice to see really refreshing. And uh, we're going to get a banger tag team match uh, uh, this this upcoming week. So we got Motor City reunited tonight. against Chris Bay and Jay White. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it is tonight. Today yeah, is. Tonight. Yeah. I keep forgetting we do this show a full week from the last episode <laughs> of Impact. So tonight, tune into Impact and watch Motor City versus uh, Chris Bay and Jay White. Uh, Impact resident JJ says the Josh Alexander story. It's working for me. He's going to kick crap out of Moose and regain his world title. That's a good story, man. I I still don't quite like how they handled the Bound for Glory stuff, but and really the the follow up with Moose wasn't good. But they're going to pay it off. So bless them that they're actually going to get around to paying this one off. Unlike Jay White confronting Kenny Omega or Kenny Omega's like run where he lost it to an AEW guy. Anyway, uh, as far as Motor City Machine Gun goes, they fucking rule. Like I, that's, that's as easy and as simplistic as I can put it. They're awesome. They influence so much of tag team wrestling with the, their double team maneuvers. Like they're, they're still very crisp. They still have the, the chemistry and everything. It's been great to see Shelly back in impact. Jay white is great. Chris Bay. I mean, you've mentioned him a ton. He's the guy that I've, I've said good things about and said like, yeah, you should probably invest in this guy. Okay. Um, I think this match is going is going is going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Anytime Motor City Machine Guns wrestle, it's it's a good time. Like they're they're just fantastic. They're just oh, fantastic. Yeah. One of the one of the best tag teams similar to the Briscoes, right? Like they've just been grinding for so long outside of like yeah. usually outside of like the mainstream wrestling scene. But I mean, you ask any real wrestling fans, like they are one of the best tag teams of the last couple of decades for sure. They're, they're not going to get the respect of like the Bucks or or like the the Usos or e- even a team like like FTR or anything. But like you watch, and I I would imagine the Young Bucks have said this, uh, but like you watch the Young Bucks, you see the Motor City Machine yeah. Guns like influence and everything on them. Like a lot of wrestlers and a lot of tag teams influenced by Shelly and Saban. Yeah, I think I could be wrong, but I think the Young Bucks have said their favorite tag team to wrestle, like historically throughout their career, I think is Saban and Shelly. So, there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, again, their influence in tag team wrestling is, it, it's probably understated because, like you said, they have not been in that major company. So people are just like, ah, okay, cool. The Impact tag team. And it's, it's far more than that when you look at how much uh, they've, the uh, other teams have aped the style of, of Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, Indie Spotlight, Steven Jensen. Last week we talked about Atticus Kogar and his issues with GCW leaving the company. He, he mentioned that payment uh, to Eddie only was one thing. He he said that the locker room was a, was maybe a little toxic. Um, and, and then he just said, he also said like kind of creative differences and stuff were, were an issue as well. Brett Lauderdale was on the GCW Patreon podcast. Um, and he said that, he and Atticus parted ways by issues that he didn't really get into, which, or he couldn't get into, which of course not. He even admitted that like, I realized that's not the answer people want, but he just wasn't going to get into it. He did say that some of it kind of stems from the people Atticus is involved with. Now he did, uh, he did own up to saying like, Hey, if Eddie didn't get paid, it's probably because like, I get a lot of messages. Sometimes I'm just behind on stuff. He said, everybody has been paid 
right now. And as far as booking goes, he even said, like, I wanted Atticus to be a GCW guy. And it just for it didn't always work out, but he talked to Atticus about things. He did address the the promo that Atticus cut, and he said that he liked the content of the promo. He did not like the timing because the show had already been booked, and he just Atticus is calling out all these top guys and everything, and there was just nothing for him to do. So then GCW looks bad because oh you're doing this with Atticus after he does this promo and you're not doing anything with him now. He said he would have loved that promo after the hammer sign show. Didn't love it before the hammer sign show. Uh, your thoughts on Lauderdale's response to Atticus. Gorilla. It's just, it's really interesting. And I, and I don't, I don't know how much of an opinion I should have on it yet because I, there's, there's gotta be missing pieces to this thing from, from one of the two sides or if not both, um, the, the Atticus going into Hammerstein thing was in, incredibly strange to me because he was so heavily featured as like one of their top guys for, I mean, I mean, for years now, especially when you talk about his, his association with 440, but especially after, um, RSP left, it was like, he was really kind of like one of those next guys up that you could tell was going to be one of their champions. And even heading into Hammerstein, he had just wrapped up a feud with Jordan Oliver that was like a main event level feud. They had a, a no ropes barbed wire match. That was really good. Nick Wayne was involved in that story and feud as well. And it was like one of the main, one of the main storylines in game changer wrestling was Atticus Kogar versus Jordan Oliver. And it ended, I want to say a few weeks before Hammerstein. And then next thing you know, Atticus is like, just not a part of the, the Hammerstein show. And he's cutting these, these promos and stuff. And, it's just really, really strange how he went from like potentially, I, I think AJ Gray will probably be the next world champion, but I could have seen a scenario where maybe Atticus would have been the one to eventually beat AJ or something. Like Atticus was definitely one of the next like two guys or so that was probably going to be the champion there. So like, it just, it's really wild that like it's turned into this so fast and, and seemingly so out of nowhere. Now that said, I don't know what Brett's talking about. Like, like there could be something, but at the same time, like I, it's hard to speak on. Cause it's a part of me wants to say, like, if it was something that bad that like, he wouldn't want to protect Atticus, you know what I mean? Like if, like, if there was something so bad that was like, we had to stop doing business with him, but you like, know, he's like working other places. You would probably want to say something. Cause like, but, but at the same time, I have no idea what would happen. I don't know what the discrepancy was. I don't know what the issue was. I don't. But Brett's making it sound like something happened either backstage, like between himself and Atticus or Atticus's uh, close circle and in the company, something. And I know, I know you mentioned the, in, they mentioned, you know, the Eddie only payment stuff and all that, but I have to imagine like that wasn't it. And, and I know that, that like the, he talked about like the locker room and all that stuff, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard for me to have really a real strong opinion on it one way or the other, because as a as a fan of GCW, it's just a bummer. Because like on one hand, I'm a big Atticus fan. On the other hand, I'm a big GCW fan. So like, I want what's best for the company, and I want what's best for Atticus. But I don't know what happened between Brett Lauderdale and Atticus Kogar to where they they have severed this relationship. So it's also possible. I mean, here's I, that's the thing. It's, it's all just so speculatory. I I, I don't know. I don't know if someone isn't fully, I don't know if Brett's not fully telling the truth. I don't know if Atticus isn't fully telling the truth. I don't know if someone is completely telling the truth. Another person isn't like, there's just, I just don't, I don't know. I'm confused by the whole thing. 
Uh, yeah, digital visa says it feels like both sides are leaving out pretty big details to protect others. And that's kind of where I'm landing on it is I understood what Atticus was saying. And I agreed with a lot of his points, especially when it came to like the, the Hammerstein show yeah. and everything like that. We didn't comment on the toxic locker room or anything like that because that's not our place. But Lauderdale did admit that, hey, you know, there's like drinking and stuff. These guys like to, to party and stuff. But when he thinks it gets out of hand, he steps in and resolves that situation. So good good on him. Uh, as far as what we see on screen and how things, we we talked in depth about what they could have and should have done differently with, with the Hammerstein show. And, and Lauderdale owned up to, to some of that stuff as well. And he kind of said like, hey, I had to put some business stuff uh, you know, in front of maybe how I would have handled it normally because Hammerstein is just a different show than if we're going to, we'll talk about here in a second, if we're just going to Atlanta for a show. Uh, yes. So it's just different levels with this stuff. Um, as far as yeah, Brett even admitted, I can't give full details. I realize fans are not going to be satisfied about that. And he's right. Like fans probably aren't going to be satisfied about it. I'm not satisfied with it. I understand it if he can't do it. Of course, I'm not interviewing to the press about that. If he's not going to say anything, he's he's not going to to say anything. But it does leave a lot to the imagination and more speculation of like, okay, what is happening here? And maybe the full story finally comes out one day. Maybe it never comes out because if Brett's not going to give it at any point and Atticus isn't going to give it, then it'll be between them and who knows like who who really knows i do think it's it's unfortunate that something like this even had to happen um and hopefully you know atticus is is okay with everything that happened and he finds happiness in uh the the new circle six promotion gcw it seems like they're going to be continue to to do fine work and everything but and brett even said it like I don't think we're working with atticus anytime soon you know maybe down the line uh if things can maybe get resolved People can change, opinions can change, things can get hashed out, obviously. But whatever happened, it seemed like it was a pretty big deal. And whatever happened, it seems like they're not willing to, at least right now, to really go in depth about it. Yeah. So like I said, there's there's really more questions than answers about this entire thing right now, unfortunately. Because yeah. as a as a fan, I thought it could have been as simple as so, like for the Hammerstein show. I thought it could have been something as simple as like Atticus is super well known for putting green meat skewers in people's foreheads and they can't do that in Hammerstein. Like I like so that, that even someone was where I was like, Oh, maybe he's just not on the Hammerstein show. Cause like he can't really do his signature move in that venue. And they just, you know what I mean? Like it was, I was just kind of spinning my wheels and thinking maybe it's something do, like that. But I, I do see Brett's point um, about Atticus's promo and, you know, he's looking at it through a promoter's view. When we were talking about it last week, we were kind of looking more at it from, from a fan's view of like, oh yeah, why isn't Atticus like have a bigger role on this? And maybe at, in front, he should have, his promo was great. But if you are looking at it as a promoter, it's like, we've kind of already got this show set up. Like we don't need this on top of everything, especially when we already have what you're planning to do with it. Now they could have done something out of it uh, after, you know, Hammerstein, but the relationship seemed pretty severed, like immediately following Hammerstein. I know Atticus did work a couple of shows after that, but it didn't seem like there were too, too big of plans. Uh, and then of course things really went downhill right after, I think it was like early February, like the first week of February, he worked the, the show, I think in Detroit. And then um, at, it was done right after that. So I do see Brett's point of like, Hey, you know, maybe you should have held off on this. This is why we didn't really promote it because it didn't make sense for our product to do that. So I did, I did see Brett's point on that. Yeah. And it's also just worth 
bringing up like because i was i was kind of equally as confused when rsp disappeared from gcw like a year ago like it just he was such a big part of the show and the two of them are tight and i have no idea if any of this is linked it's just it'd all be speculation on my end but it's just i hope that we get more answers because once again i'm a fan of atticus and i'm a fan of gcw so like i want to be able to support everybody involved here but we did we just don't know the full scope of really what's going on at this point so um and i just mentioned it gcw astronaut in in atlanta jensen you were there this is your indie spotlight what was your live experience like my live experience was awesome so i got in the venue and uh they had a seat that they gave me which was like so so awesome like they it was like literally the second row of like there was like one little row of floor seats and then the way that center stage is set up is it's like a you know, like a, almost like Coliseum seating, if that makes sense, where like you're, you know, you're all kind of looking down on the ring. And so they were like, so I, I, I get in here and I was like, Hey, I, uh, like, I don't have a, a ticket or anything. I'm here with, with Fightful uh, to try to do some media and stuff it's and payroll. Well, and, well, and they were, and they were like, yeah, we can, uh, we just got to get you somewhere to sit. We'll just give you something that, that didn't sell. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I figured they were just like, put me like up and you know, up at the top or something. I was just happy to be in the venue. But at the end of the day, like I just really wanted to go to the show as a fan. And if I can get any interviews or something out of that, it would be a bonus. And, but they sat me in the second row on the far end. So like there was no one directly next to me. So I could like, I had all this space and there was no one directly behind me either. Cause of the way that the, the rows work, they kind of like, they're kind of like a U. So I was on like the end of the U. So there weren't people directly behind me. So I could like stand up as much as I wanted. And I wasn't like obstructing anyone's view. And I could like, I could like man spread my legs out. Like, like while I was sitting there, cause there was no one next to me. So like, it was, I was super comfortable um, throughout the show. The view was incredible. Um, shout out to my boy, Robert Bellamy, AKA mouse. We talked, we've talked about him a few times on the show. The, uh, the father of Billy Starks he was doing some photography ringside and uh during one of the matches it was like the second or third match on the card he was taking some pictures near me and i was like i was like yo mouse and like he turned around and like left ringside and like walked up to my seat and like gave me a big hug and i was like man it's so good to see because i used to see mouse all the time i used to see him everywhere at all these shows and i hadn't seen him since uh before the pandemic so like it's like, man, it is just like a familiar feeling to like be hanging, being around people I haven't seen so long. Um, and then, you know, I got a lot of good uh, like pictures and videos during the show and I was tagging the wrestlers. And the next thing I know, they're DMing me like, hey, man, are you going to be here after the show? Like, let's link up, blah, blah, blah. Our boy Cole Radrick hit me up. He was like, dude, let's get together after the show. So um, the show itself was incredible. Like that was one of my favorite live events I've ever gone to. The main event, they actually did a death match in center stage, which I thought was incredible. Um, they went all out with like the light tubes and glass and a whole bunch of stuff. And Matthew Justice did a did a dive off of the balcony through a table and so I mean, it was so much fun. Nick Gage was the most over guy on the whole show, as expected. I mean, his entrance when that happened, the, the mood in the whole room changes. It was just such a great experience. And then after the show, um, I was standing there next to, I was t just talking to Cole for a minute. Um, and he was just, he was just hanging out by the merch table. So because I was just hanging out by Cole, I realized I was like shoulder to shoulder with Nick Wayne. So I turned to Nick and I was like, just telling him how happy I was that he got this AEW contract and stuff. And 
I was like, man, you know, I, I messaged you a little while back. We're trying to get you on the spotlight, man. Like you'd be an awesome interview. And he was like, dude, I got so blown up, like from getting signed by AW. I missed like all those messages. And I was like, but he was like, he really wanted to come on the show. So we're going to hopefully get Nick Wayne on here at some point. Um, so I got a, I got a, a quick interview with Cole Radrick. Um, I got, these are all audio interviews. Cause I can't, I don't know what the setup's going to be like when I go to this stuff, like this in Terminus. So I don't bring like a whole bunch of equipment. And, and I don't know if I could have even brought in like a backpack to begin with, to be honest. Um, they've checked everybody for everything they've brought in. So I just have my phone. So I got like a quick audio interview with Cole Radrick. Um, and then right after that, before I started inter interviewing Cole, my boy, nasty Leroy walked up to me cause we had talked at Terminus. So Leroy gave me about another five minutes. I'll give you all some exclusives right here before the, the audio will eventually drop somewhere. I'm, I'm guessing probably Fightful Select, but I think so. Leroy told me about this whole backstage confrontation that he apparently had with Matt Cardona and Matt Cardona ducked him and doesn't want any of the NyQuil hands. So like, it sounds like Matt Cardona got punked out by Nasty Leroy backstage at GCW, according to Nasty Leroy. So <laughs> I got this whole story about him. Nasty Leroy in this interview with me, he talks about wanting to take on Tracy Williams in a pure wrestling match. He talks about a whole bunch of stuff he wants to do. Um, so I talked to him for a minute. Um, and then my phone is getting really close to dying, but I ran literally ran directly into Jimmy Lloyd. who's like one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. So I was like, Jimmy, can I get a couple minutes with you, man? Like I'm a big fan. And we sit down and he tells me all this great stuff. And like his dream match is Jeff Hardy. And now we're talking about Jeff Hardy together because they might actually be able to wrestle each other one day. So I get this great little three minute interview with, with Jimmy Lloyd. Um, I'm about to leave the venue again, run right into Effie. I'm like, yo, Effie, can I get a couple minutes? And, you know, we get a couple. So I got four pretty quick, but really good, in my opinion, just quick audio interviews with uh, Cole Radrick, Jimmy Lloyd, Nasty Leroy, and Effie that should all be available at some point uh, somewhere in like the, the, the fightful uh ecosystem somewhere i'm like i said i'm guessing probably fightful select because that's where my terminus ones went so uh so yeah i can't say enough good things it, it was an awesome experience um the people there at the venue were like super super nice and uh and shout out to sean rossap of course obviously because like no, he, he well I, I gotta give him i yeah you always say that but like <laughs> he's done a lot to help me out and a lot of in a lot of stuff like this and like it, it was his connections to the company that even got me in a position where I could go and like be a part of the media and, and all that stuff. So like, I'm very appreciative of, of being able to do those kind of things and, and, and getting to meet people in person that I've been a fan of and that I might interact with on Twitter every now and then, but like actually shake their hands, look at them eye to eye. And like, you know, it's a, it's a different experience. Um, so I, I loved, loved the show. Did you get a chance to watch the, the show or at least most of it? Yeah, I, I checked out a handful of things. So one thing, um, he'll turn just acknowledging Sean Rossap. I everyone loves I love I love Sean. Everyone knows I love Sean, but I, I can get away with saying fuck him and not get fired about it. Everyone else just walks on eggshells around Sean Rossap, but again, fuck him. What's he gonna do? Um so AR Fox, Nick Wayne. Fucking yeah. Yeah, AR Fox. Um I Alex Kane, I interviewed when I interviewed yep. him, brought up AR Fox, uh he helped train him. Uh, just a, an OG in this game who has helped train a lot of people and is just really good. And another guy, like he was on Evolve and stuff, but like another guy that like just didn't catch that big, big break who, but is just so, so damn good. And Nick Wayne, I mean, 
we're going to be seeing a lot of him over the next couple of decades. With AR Fox, I think it's similar to, to Swerve. I think a lot of people were fans of his and Lucha Underground not knowing that was him. Yeah. Because he was yeah. like Dante Fox on that for a while. And like, I think people might hear like AR Fox and not know like that they were a fan of his already years ago on Lucha Underground. So, uh, th- so that, that was great. Gresham and, and play Christian. I mean, I'm going to love anything Jonathan Gresham does. I didn't like fully like the, the ending of the, the tag team match because yeah. it just set up like the, the triple threat. And I would have preferred just like, you know, it's a death match, like have kind of an actual finish and something like that. So a little disappointing on that one. I thought Cardona and Janela, it's funny watching Cardona and Janela, like both be heels now in this company um and, and they're not doing like the exact same stick or anything but they're they're both just they're playing this heel role and janella is so beloved on the indies that watching him like do this role now and, and you know going after waltman and then clearing the ring of, of everybody it's just funny it's funny to see because janella had the feud with cardona and is like basically everything cardona wasn't uh and Cardona had to do that to like really make a name for himself in the, on the independent scene. And Janela is just kind of doing it because now this is like just one of his characters on the independent scene. So watching them kind of do similar, but, but different styles is very interesting to me. But I, from what I saw, I, mean, I only checked out kind of select stuff, but the stuff that I watched that I figured would be good or that I heard would be good. I really enjoyed. Yeah. And, and I got to see somewhat of a dream match for me live too. Jordan Grace for Sally catch. Like that's, like, and they killed it out there. Like that was in Jordan Grace. That might've been her first GCW match. Um, and like the crowd popped big for her. There was Terminus chance during Jonathan Gresham's match, which was really cool to hear. Cause like the Terminus crowd was also at GCW and stuff. So like, um, yeah, that was, it was, it was just a, it was a great experience. I also agree though, the, the main event, the finish fell a little flat because everyone in the building, even they, we all felt that way where we would have just rather just had somebody win. Uh, then do the the double the double pin. Um, how did it come across on TV on Fight TV? Like uh, like the, was the audio and stuff good and like the camera and all that? Did, did yeah, it, come it was good? it was the typical like GCW kind of show when it came to, to audio and video. I didn't have any tech issues or feel like there were any tech issues that wasn't that hadn't been there before when it comes to GCW. Just how they film their shows or how they film their shows, but they've kind of for the most part perfected like how to how to mic a lot of that stuff but it came across well nice yeah so shout out gcw i i cannot wait until they come back to atlanta um it sounds like they're going to do center stage again if they can uh and that i mean they definitely should it was a perfect venue for that if terminus uh can lock in a venue like that i think it'd be perfect for them as well i mean i know center stage has a long history of like hosting big wrestling events and stuff but like for some of these like independent shows and whatnot like if there's there's such a fan base right now for for that product that um it's it's just a great venue uh for for professional wrestling so yeah once again thank you to everybody who was like so uh accommodating at the event and stuff like you know people checked in on me a couple times when i was looking to do interviews at the end they gave me it's not like you needed a ton of access but like they let me kind of do whatever i wanted while i was there kind of walk wherever i wanted to and talk to whoever i wanted to talk to and it was a it was it was a it was a incredibly positive experience so that's good to hear i mean i've i've never been to to a gcw show i'd like to go to i've certainly never been a member of the media and it can i've been to AEW stuff as media and they have their way of, of doing things and, and it's good it's fine um you never know how like the a, show, a company like gcw is going to handle 
stuff like that because the, the smaller promotions i just don't know how much access they're willing to give so i'm glad that it seemed to seem to go well and i love that you're out there networking and yeah we will work on getting nick wayne on the show if we can make it happen we will um Jensen and I, we, we have a lot of plans of different people we want on the show. We literally, before we did this show, we did about like an hour and 15 minutes with Carl Fredericks. Uh, that'll be up, I think, tomorrow or Saturday. Um, it'll definitely be up before Sunday. It'll be on the Fightful main channel, but we, we talked to Carl about New Japan Strong, uh, training with Shibata. There's just a lot of, lot of Shibata talk because Jensen loves Shibata. I, everyone loves Shibata. Uh, and he so was he very- under Shibata. I mean, that exactly. was like a big thing. Yes, but, yes but, exactly. yeah, yeah. He did train under Shibata. Uh, <laughs> but again, everybody also loves Shibata. And yes. Carl, of course, trained under him. Um, and he was very open and honest about the, the Shibata stuff, which, which was great. Um, and, and then, you know, sharing the ring with, with Okada, elevation or the evolution of New Japan Strong, different stuff. We found out that he likes to do uh, face, face mask with his, his girlfriends and everything. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of good stuff. From from Carl Fredericks, that interview was like an hour and fifteen minutes long. So. It flew by though, man. Like what it a did. cool guy. Carl Fredericks yes. is a cool dude. Like I'm really happy we got to talk to him today. Like I I I was already a fan, but like I'm I'm even a way bigger fan now after talking to him. Really really going to be pulling for him. Yeah, he. I've listened to a couple of his interviews, and and he's he's great. So I was glad we got a chance to talk to him. He was when when they asked me like uh kind of like who who from this list do you want? He was he was at the the top of it. So I. After listening to him a couple times, like, oh yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be a good chat. Uh, so we we interview Carl again. That'll be on, on its own, not part of this version of the spotlight. It'll be on its own um, in the coming days here on Fightful. But on this version of the spotlight, first I'm going to read Powers Our Finishers. Super Chat says RP Scott Hall, Biggie, and the new in. AEW Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa. Great show, y'all. Appreciate you, Paul Driver. You've been active in the chat the entire time. We appreciate you, man. Uh, hope uh, the rest of your Thursday is is good. Uh, we interviewed Mike Straw. We talked to Mike Straw, who broke the news that WWE 2K or WWE was kind of talking to EA about the, the video game license. Um, he broke that on Fightful Select. Mike's involved with sports gamers online. So we, we talked to a lot of video game stuff. Jensen asked him, quite possibly, the most important question of all time. I like how you're confused. I remember remember the interview. I just can't remember which question you're referring. You were like, you were like, this is going to be the most important question I can ask you. I'm not going to spoil it now because I want everybody to see it. It just pops me that you're the way you set up the question and then the actual content of the question is tremendous. I honestly, dude, I've done so much in just like the last, when did we do that interview? (laughs) Yesterday? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Two days ago? Yeah. Yeah, like I've done so much since then that I, dude, I can't remember. I can't even remember what question that was that I that I that I I remember I remember even saying better. that and then I don't remember what the actual question was. So, so. Even better, even better. Uh, so Jensen asked Mike Straw a very important question. Uh, we talked to Mike a lot of video game stuff, uh, some general wrestling stuff. Um, I there a hockey trade broke a feature in the Minnesota Wild actually to turn that back to the very beginning of the show. Uh, a hockey trade broke in the middle of the interview, so I just immediately interrupted things and, and talked about this hockey trade because Mike is a a big hockey fan as well. I'm actually going to be on Mike's trade deadline show on Monday. I booked myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so as people know, before we went live with this interview or we started recording this interview, I feel weird wearing my hat like that. Um, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, Jeremy literally, like, I'm going to throw you under the bus. 
before we, before we started the interview, Jeremy's like, "Hey man, like any way I could uh I could get on the uh no, the show." So with here's here's what happened is like I wanted to do uh, a trade deadline like watch along show on Overbooked, it mainly as an excuse to not work for the day. Uh, so I wanted to be on Overbooked and just do like a live stream of NHL trade deadline stuff. So I was like, Mike, what are you doing on Monday? Do you want to be on like this trade deadline show? Because I know Mike's a big hockey fan. And he's like, oh, I think I'm doing my own thing for uh, Press NHL. I'm doing a, like a three-hour trade deadline show. And I was like, all right, well, can I be on that? Because <laughs> I want to I want to do a trade deadline show with somebody. I was like, can I just be on that? And he's like, yeah, I got three hours of content to fill. Come on. So yeah, I just booked myself for it. But I initially extended the offer for him uh, to be on a show that I wanted to do. Instead, I just booked myself for his thing. And now there won't be a trade deadline show on Overbooked. I'll just go on Mike's show where there's like actual NHL fans instead of running an NHL stream on a wrestling channel while doing an NHL stream on an NHL channel. All right, let me throw to this interview with uh, with Mike Straw. I'm looking forward to this because I got to remember the questions I asked. Welcome back to the creator spotlight here on the spotlight. We got Mike Straw with us. People might know Mike Straw from me kicking his ass in NHL 22 and NBA 2K 22 on Twitch. You might know him from uh, Sports Gamers Online, Full Press NHL. You might know him from Fightful Select where he's uh, pissing off WWE 2K uh, executives and the team over there. <laughs> Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. And yeah, pissing off. That, that's the nice way to, <laughs> to put it. Uh, let's put it this they Say they're not happy with me would be an understatement. Well, that's, that's the first question. Can you can you talk about this? Can you talk about the heat you've got from the uh, 2K offices? Bully Ray would be so proud of me. <laughs> like he would be, I, he'd be my best friend if he knew about how mad they are, because all I do is report salacious and malicious material. Um, yeah, I mean they they weren't happy when I reported on Fightful Select that WWE had talked with EA. I mean. Not surprising, contracts coming to an end, talks are going to happen. It just, I found out they talked to EA, and it kind of senses, based on how things are going, though, that 2K has nothing to worry about. So they shouldn't be mad at me. If anything, I gave them the best publicity ever because every comment on Fightful Select was, this is the best marketing that 2K22 could have had because so many people are more anti-EA than anything else. <laughs> Yeah, he has ruined uh, video game franchises like like Madden for years. So at least 2K, the NBA franchise is great. Every EA franchise is, is god awful. Yeah, I, I won't say god awful. I do enjoy NHL. Um, I do enjoy their franchise mode. Gameplay, yeah, it's kind of yeah. the drizzling shits. The teammates are so <laughs> stupid in be a pro mode. I hate it. Yeah, I don't play be a pro at all. Oh, I, I can't. I, I, I can't. I get drafted and then I'm done. <laughs> I just want to see if I can get to the number one pick and then I'm done. Fair. Dude, uh, EA is frustrating as hell because like, I'm not even a star Wars fan, but I used to play uh battlefront on uh and, and then like the second one, and it was pretty fun online. And then the second one came out and I tried playing it when it came out and it was like, clearly just pay, like pay to win. Like yeah. you had to like, was it? It, was it battlefront one or two? I think it was two that had, you could actually purchase a card that said automatically win. Like you play yeah. the you play the power up and your team wins that game. It's so What's ridiculous. the point? I know it was so ridiculous. Like so, and, and being a fan of Madden from like like the kind of late nineties through you know recently, I kind of gave up on that too because it was like 
playing online where you have to like buy all these cards to get like the right players for your team. And then like, you're like spending all your time trying to like level your team up without paying all this money. And you're just out there losing to people who are just buying better players than what you're buying with real money. Like it was, so they, the EA like totally drove me off as a fan. Now I'm not a big NHL guy, but like, I, I imagine the games would still be pretty good if you are still playing those. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was, I was pretty bummed out when I heard that, that, uh, well, here's the other thing. I haven't played the WWE games in a few years either because they've been so stale and repetitive. So, like, I don't – I'm I'm waiting for this AEW game. Like, that's, like, my big, like, saving grace potentially is, like, I'm hoping the AEW game is actually something like those N64, THQ, AKI games, like, but I don't know. Mike, am I am I right in kind of feeling this about about EA and their them as, like, developers and everything? Yes and no. Uh, my, my, my biggest thing with EA has always been – once Ultimate Team was introduced in FIFA 09, uh, executives saw dollar signs. Yeah. And there's so much red tape and so many high-level people squashing everything the executive producers want to do, development staff want to do. That's what bothers me. I, just because knowing so many developers that I do, I feel terrible for them because there's a lot of great ideas that get thrown around and talked about and then they get squashed because they don't bring in money and it's it sucks and that's kind of where we're at as a whole with the industry and it's really it's so upsetting about it because that's a good point because i i know a lot of times when it comes to video games and people being upset like they will go to the devs and stuff is like the complaints but i guess what you're saying it does make a lot of sense essentially even if the developers have good intentions they want to make the game great if ea is kind of on their neck going, no, we're just going to keep doing this and this and this because it's making money. There's just nothing they can do about it. That's a really good point you brought up. I think that's very fair. Yeah, and I feel bad because, I mean, again, with sports games, they're on yearly cycles. And by yearly cycles, they have about nine months to really build a game and get it ready and then tweak it. So it's it's so sad. It's there. There's a lot of things with the gaming industry. I don't like that would take like two hours. I could talk about, I could do a book <laughs> on what's wrong with the gaming industry today. The, the microtransaction stuff, you mentioned ultimate team and I, and I groaned because that has come to Madden. That is with the NHL. That, Every mode. Yeah. Yeah. Two even has WWE, it now with my, yeah, WWE started it. this year with my, with faction my faction. Stuff. It's the only uh, mode with microtransactions, but I can guarantee, and this is no, me talking to anybody there about it but everything points to this is a test on yeah. where it works and i don't like where it's going i was wondering how WWE would find a way to incorporate that because they it's just it's with every sports game now this type of mode and i have not touched the my faction mode i'm not going to touch it because i don't play i don't touch any Same. of that stuff in any of the sports games i just Same. have no time for it so even, let me draft my team let me play franchise mode i'm good even in at sgo when people go to our reviews on our games we get a lot every now and then of like, like well what what about ultimate team what's new in ultimate team if you go to sports gamers online you will never see an ultimate team mentioned in any of our reviews um i i refuse to touch it and i tell my writers don't touch it i wish there was a way that they could do like the Fortnite model of like but it's different with with wrestling i guess because like you have so many individual wrestlers with different attributes and different moves and and, and some wrestlers are just better than other wrestlers but like i like how Fortnite did it where the game was free 
and you can buy all this cosmetic stuff like skins and and stuff but like it didn't affect your skill in the game i'm okay with those types of microtransactions like rocket league right uh expensive is all hell but it's cosmetic it doesn't do anything with these type with sports games it's very tough to do right so it's one of those i mean the only game where i've ever seen ultimate team added bomb so bad that it was pulled was ea sports ufc they pulled it after ufc3 and it was the it made me so happy i was so proud i (laughs) i didn't play it that year but i saw it and i was just like this doesn't make this why i don't think it's gonna work with with me too well it's like i just don't think it makes sense on how you're gonna how you're going to do this and then i played a little bit of usc4 i didn't even notice it was missing because i just don't pay attention to those modes at all like oh it's it's the closest you'll get is what like a supercar does that's the closest you can get and it's it's kind of so but it's kind of weird it'll be interesting to see like if it ever gets further than than the my faction and we'll see we'll see what it'll be interesting come the summer and the fall when we can actually get an idea of what modes are the most played within the game because that that information takes a little while to to build yeah dude bringing up the ufc game that's a really really good point too that's another game that i that once ea took over i became less of a fan of i really liked when ukes and uh, thq made the ufc undisputed games they were just like a lot more fun to play and and now it feels like when they're putting out these ufc games like they try to make them like as ultra realistic as possible but like i didn't get a whole lot of replay value out of the most recent one like i just I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive UFC fan. It's like I want to play the UFC game. I want to play the WWE game. It just feels like every year. I want to play Madden. It just feels like every year it's just so repetitive. I just feel like I'm kind of wasting yeah. my money when I when I keep buying them. Yeah, I, I feel you. I mean, that's the same. And that's the thing. Like, UFC, they do it the right way. They come out every other year, every right. year, two and a half years. And with THQ, I don't know who I was talking to about it about a week and a half ago. Because we were talking about WWE. And it was a case of you didn't know what you had until it was gone. Because yeah. once THQ went under and it lost the UFC license, it lost the WWE license, people just got stuck with what they got. And you don't see much innovation anymore. And this is kind of where we're at. And, and especially as larger publishers keep buying all these smaller developers, it's it's rare we're going to get any competitors from outside. That's why you brought the AW game. And I'm so interested to see what they do, but I'm also very nervous about it, it, it is a lot of hype like, right now because all, all, all of us have such an attachment to like those games like from the n64 era especially once you could play as wrestlers in 3d and like all these extra moves and finishing moves and all the cool stuff you could do with it like have you played any of like the action arcade wrestling or wrestling empire or like any of those yep. kind of so, games action arcade wrestling i've been i'm actually working on an updated review of it for the switch once that came out um it is one of the my most fun games to play with friends because i have where else switch, by the way yeah. so, same yeah. here where yeah. else can you wrestle space ghost versus a number two pencil <laughs> yes. it is and it'd be hilarious or you can create every character from world combat and just go to town and, and it's it's a great fantasy custom creation type of game wrestling empire makes me really happy to see where it's come because there was uh m dickey in 2006 wrestling encore I fell when I was like in high school. I'm in love. I had I had no friends in high school. I was a wrestling dork. No one talked to me back then. 
I played that a lot and I would mod it because there was a mod called the wrestling channel for it. And you had all these real world mods and it was fantastic. People would create the impact zone. I punched my mic. People would create an impact zone and it was just so much fun to to do and seeing wrestling empire and and seeing what they're doing and it, it that's my nostalgia and then i still play fire pro constantly yeah fire pro is my when i want to sit down and just relax with a wrestling game which is really weird to say i relax with fire pro <laughs> <laughs> fire pro is still my go-to I, I i've got empire and action arcade for the switch and i and i feel like action arcade is kind of like a spiritual successor to fire pro with all the custom uh, you can you can literally download like a thousand wrestlers a day and they'll have their move sets they'll look just like them like so that's been kind of the closest thing i feel like i can get for the switch to uh to fire pro would be action arcade but i yeah. like i like empire a lot as well it's just it's it's different and it's like it's just fun you're not going in there for great graphics or incredible gameplay you're going to see right. what ridiculous things can happen like the fact that my it actually happened last actually happened last night. So I had a created character in my career and I died. <laughs> After two matches, I was like, all right, I'm going to start a new career. And I'm talking with a few friends because we're checking out the new update with the roaming mode where you can go around to like a bar or cemetery and all this stuff that they just added. And I'm sitting there. I do my two matches. I'm working for Anthony Chinoki. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Right after my second match, I died at the age of 24 by natural causes. Okay. You, you live in a hard life at age 24, <laughs> Straw. Out in Japan. Yeah. They took COVID like, way too seriously. Yeah. But yeah. I, <laughs> I love how like silly, over the top, just goofiness Empire is. Because, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Chinoki. Like, they don't use the, the real names, but you know who is no. who. <laughs> yeah. And calling exactly. him Chinoki. Yeah. And made his chin even more prominent. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like a so tissue funny. box. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> the stupid stuff you can do in that game there, there's just so much like comedy entertainment value in something like that i can't say i really like dove into action arcade but now you guys are making me be like oh, okay and, and you said they're they're like for switch as well so that's gonna make me and uh, check the best out part about it is so on pc their creator suite is free so you can mm-hmm. create your wrestlers on pc arenas whatever and then download them wherever you play the game Okay. And there's thousands. Now, granted, with Action Arcade, like there's no single player modes. It's literally just going a bunch of exhibition matches. But they're so damn fun. Like when you talk about games for like doing on like stream, that's a type of game like on, on Fightful Gaming that. I think people would have a blast watching. Yeah, that's something we need to to do more of. I'm gonna yell at Joel Pearl. Uh, I brought because... this game up before, just for what it's worth. I have brought I believe this game you. up before. I, so. I believe you. There's always so many things going on here at the Spotlight there, offices that yeah. there's I, a I, lot of good wrestling games out there. If we want to talk wrestling game right now, it's a very fun time to be a wrestling fan. From not even being a fan and watching everything that happens, but being a wrestling fan gamer. There are so many independent games in development that are out that need attention, whether it be on mobile or on PC or console or whatever it may be. Like, it's such a good time that for as bad as people complain about what's going on with WWE and everything, like, if you look elsewhere and you really care about the and you're a wrestling fan, like, you'll find something that you fall in love with. This is the most important question I could probably ask you all day. Mike, would you be able to help me? 
they figure out how to like download because I've I've tried a couple times and I just don't know how to like extract the stuff properly, I guess. But I really want to play WCW Feel the Bang. Oh, that yeah. But it's I need fantastic. help, but I need help it's, downloading it. I'm mean, gonna need yeah. someone like to walk me through how to download. I wound up yeah. like downloading the emulator that basically just got me no mercy 64, but I couldn't figure out how to like mod that into you don't even need the emulator game. for it. The the, the, okay, Field the bang gonna... allows you to just run it without doing anything. You just gotta be able to uh, yeah, I'll help. Okay, you. Oh, thank you, thank you. That's, <laughs> that, I've been wanting to play for like <laughs> years or whatever. But Jens is like, this is the most important question I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. How can I play this certain <laughs> game? Okay, and that's the thing. The No Mercy mods. There are so many. There are so many. There's AEW mods. There's old school TNA mods. If you want to play for TNA from 04 to 07, you know, like the glory years. There's that. There's CZW mods. There's Ring of Honor, old school Ring of Honor mods. There are so many that, man, you never have to play another game if you are in love with with uh, No Mercy. I've seen I've seen a lot of like streamers and stuff just like download those mods and just play them, like you said, on No Mercy. And it seems like there's like that's the way to go nowadays. Just just do that. Who cares about this new WWE 2K game where yeah. you got Iron Man cage matches or Hell in a Cell matches and everything that never ends. Even- even uh what here comes the pain there's the here comes the pain 2.0 mod yeah Ooh, i didn't even know about that but that was oh, a great it's a, game it's incredible i did a story on it uh, a year and a half ago on on sports gamers online about what i did i talked to the guy who's behind the development of it and the recreating that him and the couple people who are working on it like of like seth rollins and kevin owens in the game and nakamura like it looks like just they were built for that game it, it's it's fantastic what they were able to do with that and it's constantly being updated granted it's by a one and two or two people mostly so it takes a while but it's another fantastic mod mike i want to ask you because i actually do want to ask about your career how'd you get started with sports gamers online i so sgo came out by chance because i was covering the sabers Uh, i was a beat writer for the sabers from 2011 until about mid 2016 i just got tired of covering the nhl to be honest at the time because they just they got boring everybody gave you the same canned responses you never got anything entertaining hockey players are very boring by nature yeah they're not allowed to show the the boys aren't allowed to show emotion that's it's obnoxious we need more players like pk suban true personality wise but i i wanted to switch and i'd done gaming writing and technology writing for fan-sided which is actually where i met sean um and SGO popped up on uh, on a journalism job board. So I reached out and within a month after starting there, I went from, all right, you're going to be just a reporter or a writer. And then I was like, hey, do you want to edit? Because you have the experience. Yeah. And then a few months later, I was made managing editor. And it was just like, now I run everything. So <laughs> it kind of snowballed. But I mean, I've been there almost six years now. And it's just been, uh, it's been so much fun. I've ruffled a lot of feathers, but I've made a lot of friends and I get to play. I, I get to write about video games for not a full living, but half a living. I mean, that's that's the that's the dream, right? That's what I always tell people. It's like, yeah, I just get to write about wrestling, and there's days that suck and you piss people off. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you're just writing about wrestling, talking yeah. about wrestling, chatting with your friends for it, the majority of the day. Exactly. I get to look at my mom and go, "See, when you told me all those video games won't pay <laughs> off, <laughs> <laughs> guess who literally gets paid to play them? This guy." And write about them. Granted, the, the biggest downfall, I, I always say, like, I, I tell a lot of people this. 
they they've asked like how do you get to cover video games or what do you you don't get to enjoy them as much as yeah you do as a fan because i'm literally and it, and it really sucked when i covered the whole gaming industry i'd bounce from game and i still do it though game to game to game you write game impressions a couple preview articles a review move on to the next game game impressions preview article review and you just go i don't really get to sit and enjoy some of the the great games i play like formula one is my favorite one of my favorite series but i don't get to enjoy it for more than like two months out of the year this is why i actually hate all of wrestling because i'm i'm so in the bubble that i just i can't stand any of it it's like yeah i just listened to another this person interview today i can't stand any of these people i hate i hate wb hate hate aw but love this yeah. business that's what i tell everybody that that's kind of where i got with nhl actually um I stopped liking the game and then I took away, I was able to become a fan again. And then I got back into, I'm like, all right, I want to get back into it. Small, short and full press was there. And then he did someone to talk and I like to talk. (laughs) And now I've booked myself for your trade deadline show. Yep. (laughs) It happened on the, on the dark, on the dark match before we went before we even go on the air. No one will. (laughs) I tuned into like a media. Like I'm pretty sure I just booked myself for this. Like bless Mike, he's just gonna have me on to whatever. To there. Yeah, get that Colorado it. Avalanche fan perspective. I mean, that's the only perspective I really have. I don't keep up with the league like outside of my team. Like I, I'm, I check in on stuff, but obviously my team is the one that I know best. I'm gonna ask uh, Stephen Jensen's question because I know he wants to ask it. But I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Why do you hate Raw so much? It is so boring. <laughs> it is the friends t- combined. This is going to piss people off. It is the friends combined with Seinfeld of television. Wait a second. None of it makes sense. <laughs> and every character sucks. <laughs> so you hate again. friends in Seinfeld? This is the bigger news here than. Oh, 100%. I think they're two of the most overrated pieces of garbage television programs ever invented. Now, now do you like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I have never watched a single oh, episode of it. It's my favorite show ever. Everyone compares it to Seinfeld, but like I don't think Seinfeld's that funny. But like I think it's always funny. But but it, yeah. but it's like you know what you know. I understand why they draw comparisons yeah. between the shows. But yeah, I, uh, um, I I I'm rare into television shows like that. I stick with stupid animation and comedies and but like yeah I, i've never watched a single episode of always sunny now always sunny is a, tell me. it's a straight comedy like it, yeah. like it's it's but they're the worst human beings alive like i'm also the, the type of person the more people say i need to check out a show the more i refuse to yeah. out of spite <laughs> i don't care if i like the show i will refuse to watch it out of spite well you should not watch always sunny then like you should yeah, just never watch, watch that. I need like a hundred more people to tell me don't not watch to watch it, it to, to catch up to the amount of people. <laughs> everyone, oh, everyone tag Mike on social media. It's right there in, in the corner above him. Be like, don't watch always sunny. And then out of spite, he will actually watch the show and fall in love with it. Yeah. That's probably what will happen. <laughs> I, uh, I did that with breaking bad. I didn't ever watch it while the show actually aired. And then once the finale aired, I was like, all right, I'm just going to see what this is all about finally. And I was like, damn, I wish I was watching this the whole time. This is such a good show. <laughs> I, see, I'm the type of person, I I, I don't like uh, finales. I've never watched a series finale of any show I've ever liked. I refuse wow. closure. Uh, wow. <laughs> is, is, there, is there any deeper issues that you'd like to go into? Oh, there's a lot. You got time? You got a notebook, a couch for me to lay on? I refuse to watch series finale. Like I've never seen the end of that '70s show, and that was one of my favorite shows ever when I was younger. But I refuse, though. I also refuse to acknowledge that season eight existed. 
fair. That's fair. True. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that 70s show in, in forever. But, I don't even remember what the finale is. Yeah. But you're probably I, uh, not missing much by it. I've it. never watched the finale of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I've never watched the finale of Boy Meets World. I've never watched, like, growing up, like, never watched any of them because I don't like, I don't like them. Well, you can watch the Boy Meets World finale now because now they have Girl Meets World. So yeah, just, but I was right into that. And that's the thing. I loved Girl Meets World. Admittedly, my wife and I used to watch that was appointment viewing when it was on the air because, you know, we're an old married couple. <laughs> it was Watching a good show. Disney. Honestly, it was. I it binged was. it like one summer. Man. It was a good show. <laughs> Then it's stop. Like, I say it everywhere. Jensen, Jensen just a hell of a is drug. like, what is wrong with you guys? Watching well, no, that's I'm not, basically. No, I'm not. Well, why, well, that's because, why I like wrestling so much, though. There's yeah. no finale. Like, yeah, it's just it just, just. I'll find the wrestlers I like. Like, there's finales to careers, but sometimes the, the sport itself doesn't end. And I, I think that's why I always loved it. But yeah, raw. It's just to go back to that. Like, it's just so boring. If there's people i'm interested in i'll catch it up on youtube or i'll listen and if it's something really interesting usually shameless plug for you guy i'll listen to the post raw or post smackdown podcasts and listen uh and then see if there's something worth going back so we dvr everything but right now only aw is my appointment like i watch it live every week type of thing yeah. and that's because the wrestling is fantastic yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm right there with you. We were talking a little bit beforehand where, you know, I watched I, I, I have I have ruined relationships over watching Raw every Monday before in my life. Where like, you know, like I was I prioritized Raw over everything for like 30 years. And now it's at a point where like I'm literally accepting applications for somebody to watch Raw for me just so I can know when Cody Rhodes shows up because I don't care about anything else that they're doing yeah. in the company. So, and, and I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a niche kind of outlier too. Cause most people like don't like Cody. So they're like either hoping he doesn't show up to WWE because they don't want him there. Or they're hoping he shows up to WWE because they feel like it's a big middle finger to AEW. And I'm over here. where like, I'm going to be a giant AEW fan regardless because their, their, their product is so great in my opinion, but that's uh it's funny. You love Cody so much. I remember. So I went to my wife, I got her, sat her on the floor in 2009. We were at a raw and made. May 4th, 2009. I remember these dates for some stupid reason. And Cody Rhodes was coming out for a match against, I think it was Batista, because it was going to be like whoever won joined for a handicap match in the main event. And he was coming out, and he was heel. And all of a sudden, my wife, sitting along the ramp, just yells, I love you, Cody! <laughs> and it was an entrance during a commercial, and the look of confusion on his face of, like, someone caring about him made my absolute night. Like, no one, like, because it was silent when he entered. No sure. one cared about him. And then you just hear this one high squeal woman yell, I love you, mm -hmm. Cody. And <laughs> I love that. I love that. Cody, um, you, did you watch NXT on, on Tuesday, Mike? Cody showed up there. Did, did, oh, did you guys not did you guys not see Cody showing up on NXT 2.0? No, crashed, I, I'm crashed waiting because Miz I thought... TV with Dolph Ziggler, and now Cody is going for the NXT Championship. No, I'm waiting. No, 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 no. I, I don't watch NXT. I've been watching SmackDown because the damn Lambs has said he's going to show up on SmackDown to lose to Veer. So I'm sitting there waiting here. <laughs> Lambs, look, Lambs had the Jericho Appreciation Society scoop. I don't know where this man gets yeah. his information, but he he's pretty smart, honestly. The scoops here, and I'm just watching SmackDown, and I feel like I'm being strung along here because 
Veer never comes. No. At some point. At some point he will. He's got to talk to a doctor. Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of hoping his gimmick winds up being like, uh, uh, what was his name? Jim in uh, American Pie. Where like he finally shows up and like makes it like two steps onto the entrance ramp. He's like, oh, oh and then like, and then, like walks backstage and then comes back out a second time and it happens again. So then everybody's like holding up like the like the deuces. I like his new gimmicks and was like two times, man. You two, came came to Raw two times. Um, so that's that's my new uh, that's my new beer gimmick. I love and, he never, it. And, he, and he never gets in the ring. He never makes it to the match. Just like just like Jim from American Pie, he never actually gets you know, there. Gets there. Is he gonna be he, like? Is this how the Rock comes back? Is he just hands him a pie and it's just like here, you know what to do with this? <laughs> yeah, that's actually perfect. Yeah, that would be yeah, uh, top tier level storytelling. And and I'd watch you know, just 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 like Mike would, said, you know, there's no there's no there's no finales. Like these are things that all that all connect from you know 50 years worth of of, of entertainment. Exactly. So people would definitely put together. Oh, the Rock's got the pie. Veer's going for the pie. Veer can't get, to, he's going to get in the pie, but he's not going to get in like the actual ring for an actual match. He'll get to the pie, maybe. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Jensen. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I'm sold. <laughs> right, there you go. Sounds like, no, I love it. It's, it's completely, it's, it's outrageous, but I absolutely love it. Like, I, but I imagine they have no idea what they're actually doing with Veer. So, I'm just saying, dude, I'm just saying. Better. Booty Pro Wrestling wishes it could have come up with a story like true. that. True. Honestly, true. Maybe Honestly, it'd still be around if it could. Yeah, instead of it get blown up by everybody. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, last one. What's the coolest thing you have in the room that you're in right now? These posters, to be They're honest. So there's a lot of things. Like, I have my racing setup. I have the PS5. I have VR, like, everything. But these posters, they're literally the guy who does them, Richard Perry, takes individual pictures he breaks apart takes apart the component of the console takes individual pictures and then does his photo editing magic to make it look like it's all just like a sandwich okay, so so it's a console yeah that, that's what i was trying to like yeah. figure out because yeah. they so we have very the, yeah we have the game boy n64 and then i got a dreamcast and a switch down there and i plan on adding for every single console he does I thought um, the N64 was like some type of toaster. I could tell it was like mechanical, like sandwich type thing. I thought it was some type of like toaster, but it being console makes a lot more sense. Yeah, this is all gaming posters. Those are well. pretty sweet. And it's just going to be, it's it's going to add. This entire room is going to be filled with these breakdown posters. Now, I have seen a Nintendo toaster before. So those do exist. I'd use the one. Nintendo toaster. Yes. Yeah. Angry video game like, nerd. On, is on it you? print like N64 on your toast? Like the Nintendo, logo no, no, no. Windows. You can play actual original NES cartridges in what looks like a, it's like a toaster that's been converted into an actual Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding. The angry video game nerd on YouTube, he's been around for like 15 years. On Ever, YouTube. yeah, he, yeah. He, he uses that when he plays his Nintendo games, he puts it in a toaster and it's like an actual, an actual oh thing. God. Um, I got two questions for you, Mike, before we get out of here. One, uh, what is your favorite video game console of all time? So, I uh, oh. answer that one first. Sega Genesis. Oh well, that's my first system that I ever owned. My, my, my I think that's system. why it's my favorite because it yeah. is my first. I feel like I shouldn't go that route, but I'm going to anyway because I just have this nostalgia. I respect it. I respect it. My my first system was the Genesis. My favorite system is the N64, but I have a really soft spot for like the PS2 and the Sega Dreamcast as well. Um, but 
I was just talking the other day to, about to some people that are like way younger than we are. And I was literally showing them how you could put a game genie and then a Sonic and Knuckles on top of that. And then a Sonic two on top of yep. that and like triple stack <laughs> to like put cheat codes all the way into Sonic two. But greatest uh, thing ever was when I hooked up a Sega CD to my uh, Genesis. It's like, wait, hold on. I, I apologize. Anything. I apologize. My straw. I'm cutting you off right here. The Avs have traded Tyson Jost for Nico Sturm. I don't know about this trade. They're gearing up. They've got to, right? They're gearing up. That's got exactly to. why. They're gearing up. I mean, Sturm's got thing. 36 points this season. He's not That's the season. only thing. They're they're gearing up 100% for something bigger. Oh, man. I apologize for cutting off the video. Like, this literally just, just came across. I apologize all, for that. All good. Breaking news. Breaking news that'll be old news. By the yes. Time yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, it's funny because, like, I can't even add to the NHL conversation, but I can say uh, P.K. Subban, I, I know who he is because I'm a, a Predators fan from living in Nashville for so long. So, like, I do know who that is. Any um, any other guest? I'm not interrupting with a uh, with a hockey trade, but because it's straw, I'm like, well, I gotta, yeah. gotta say. Something. Well, now that I said they're gearing up, keep it in, and then hopefully they've geared up and gotten who they need, gotten a Giroux, or or maybe they went out and they decided because they get rid of Yost, they bring in a Ben Chariot. Who knows? Yeah. Um. The the second question I had was, do you watch any Twitch streamers, YouTube streamers, anyone that was on Mix or anything? And if so, like what streamers do you uh, do you like as a fan? I only watch Fightful Gaming on Twitch. Okay. That's no, I'm good. not even joking. They're the only gaming <laughs> oh. channel I do watch. I'm not big in watching live streams. I do watch a lot of like video game developer streamers um, because that's kind of the side of the industry I'm working towards getting into because my, my nine to five is I'm a software developer. So I kind of want to transition that and get into game development. So I've been watching a lot of that lately. That's usually kind of where Lana Lux is like my favorite one. She's a independent game developer out of Toronto and uh, just is fantastic to watch and see her grow as a developer and kind of she and she's very friendly with giving advice or anything like that to anybody who's interested. Very cool. You said her name was Lana Lux. Yep. That's right. Okay, cool. Shout out to Lana. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, also from a wrestling note real quick, because we talked about like we love like Jeremy, you love the industry and we're all here. Like we all watch wrestling Fightful exists because people love the industry. I am so stoked. Uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend at Empire State Wrestling, the biggest local EFED here in Western New York. Buddy Matthews versus Trey Miguel is headlining their show. And I am just just through the moon excited for that match. That's gonna be great. That's yeah. That's that's gonna be a banger match right there. That's a good match. Mike, where where can the people find you? At? Twitter at Mike Straw Media. I'm not on really any other social media just because I'm too lazy to keep up with everything else. And if you want to read my written work, SportsGamersOnline.com. There you go, Mike. We appreciate you uh, you joining us. Uh, at some point, we're gonna play NHL or NBA or WWE on, on Twitch, and I'm gonna like win your your career or your job or one of those posters S- behind you or something. Something. I got to give you like some scoops from Sean. I, I'm not giving up anything of value. I'll, I'll I'll feed you any scoops from Sean that you want. So. Give me all the scoops. Yeah, you can have all the scoops, <laughs> Mike. We appreciate it, guys. We'll be right back here in just a second on the spotlight. 
We're back. I was a giant screen there for a second. That was Mike Straw. You can check out his work at Mike Straw Media. He's on social media. He's on Twitter there uh, and Sports Gamers Online and full, uh, full press NHL. So we appreciate Mike being on. Jensen, you asked him literally to just help you play a WCW game. It was the most selfish question of all time, but it was the most important question you had to ask. Yeah, that was the question. Yeah, I remember right right when I was at, when I watched myself ask it again. Um, yeah, I, I do need help from him to to be able to play WCW <laughs> Feel the Bang on the, the game on on the computer. But um, I know we're wrapping up. I'll just throw out my plugs real quick because I figure we'll probably get out of here anyway. Um, tonight, since we're talking about video games so much, Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Myself and Joel Pearl are there every Thursday. Um, so tonight around like seven o'clock, we usually play Mario Kart. If you have a Nintendo Switch, you can play with us. We give out a uh, an online code and stuff, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We play from usually about seven p.m. Eastern until around eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Um, so once again, that's every Thursday. Um, and uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. I keep all my stuff updated there. And once again, rest in peace, Scott Hall, the coolest wrestler of all time. Uh, guys, head over to FightfulOverbooked.com. You can, uh, JJ, I don't know if they geared up. The deadline is actually like Monday. So there will be more trades, I assume, coming this weekend and everything. We shall see. Um, you can head over to FightfulOverbooked.com. Right now, Will Washington is over there with Day After Dynamite, reviewing Dynamite. Go over there, check him out, say hi, say what's up to him. A uh, bunch of content on, on Overbook. Jensen will be there tomorrow with Degrassi Dudes with SV3. I'll be there tomorrow with uh, uh, SV3 doing doing Friday morning coffee as we bury the Lakers like we always do, which is kind of getting tiring because they, they just suck. Ain't much more to say. Again, check out our interview with Carl Fredericks. I'll continue to update fans on when that, that'll be dropping. But um, I know it'll be before Sunday. I have some articles coming from it as well. So so check that out. And we appreciate the sport, everybody. We'll be back next week talking talking all the wrestling. We appreciate you guys. We'll talk to y'all next week. Subscribe to Fightful Slack. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.